The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. Matt can't be with us today, but this is a special, special episode. We are filming live from uh, the Emerge Studios, and we've got two guests, two different shows. We've got uh, Zach Morano from Zach Squared. Welcome, Zach. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming on. And we've got Rich Morano from Emerge Studio and Next of Kin and, like, what, 10 other podcasts? What other, what other shows are you doing now? Yeah, I'm the operator of Emerge here, and I, I produce a bunch of podcasts. I'm not on them, but occasionally I throw in a stupid comment. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's all, you know, as long as you just put in some comments, it's all, it's all accounts. Yep. Just enough to get credit. Yep. But we're filming here from Emerge Studios, and uh, this is awesome. Like yeah, I know, I've, I know, you. I've been here a few times when it first opened up, just to kind of see everything. But first time filming here, and it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a year. We've been open a little over a year now, and we started with just, uh, I think we had three podcasts at the very beginning, and now we're up to, depending on you count it, eight or nine. Um, you know, different ones. We we do all video in addition to our audio, and then uh, plus Emerge does a bunch of uh, opportunities for young creators to come in and do photography and uh, different things. So we're always growing, and uh, it's now we're very we're very lucky to have the people that want to come in and uh, work here. And um, and again, but it all starts goes back to our friend Matt Johnson because absolutely the originator. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're all on his network, and um, in addition to other places. But it's you know super appreciative to. To Matt for getting us all going, you know, because uh, he was he, you know, and they joke about everybody having a podcast now, but you know, Matt was the guy who said everybody should have a podcast. So, oh, I agree. Um, in fact, a couple of guests uh, we had Megan Doyle on last week. I'm oh, okay. trying, I'm trying to get her to uh, get a podcast. Yeah, she'd be great. I've been trying to get, and you know, these two guys, uh, Marty and Mike, Ma- Mike Panapeno, uh, <laughs> Marty Medora, the coach, coaches at West. They're great. I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get both of them on as guests. And yeah, um, if you don't know Mike, Mike and Marty, they're the they're the two guys from the Muppets. They they uh, are fantastic. <laughs> whatever those guys are called, they're like those guys just bickering, yelling at each other. They're, they're related. They're brother in laws. Yep. Uh, but they're great coaches, and and I when I was coaching when I first started coaching track, I met them, and I just they, 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 I met them my first my first meet. Oh and, yeah, and it's been they've been great uh, friends, and you know whatever, just guys to hang out with uh, ever since. I think those great are the only dudes. two uh, coaches I talk to outside the falls most of the time. I was oh, yeah. going to say they talk to everybody, anybody. Um, they just. And it, it's great, and I feel like a lot of the NFL coaches do it, but it's great because if they see you in an event and if they see that there's something they can help you with, they don't care if you're from Ken West, Ken East, Niagara Falls, wherever. Well, they're, so for example, you, you know, our guy, you know, Linton, David Linton, who just, you know, went to States mm-hmm. in shot put and discus, did very well, had a great career. And, you know, I was his coach and didn't know a damn thing. So, you know, appreciation, and I will always shout out Larry, 
and and you know Marty for taking time, including other guys too. Lockport, you know, Lockport's coach as well. Mm-hmm. Just spending time with another NFL athlete, not from their school, and really helping them with the basics, which they can we can all join his success that he's had at both indoor and outdoor levels, going to states uh, in you know three different events. I mean, think about that. He went to states in three different events. Yeah. You know, completely different types of weights, um, you know, objects. And, and, and he can, he'd be the first one to thank, you know, you know, that guy, Coach Larry with the hat from, from Ken East and, and Marty from Ken West. And, you know, I mean, and, and Rich just having enough wherewithal to buy him a weight throw. You know, <laughs> that's like my claim to fame. And that's, and we're going to call this our coming in hot segment because we're coming in hot now. But, yeah. and, and that's what I love about coaching in the NFL. And it's just you see a kid over on the sideline and or you see a kid during an event and it just might be a, hey, you need to tweak this during your triple jump or, hey, you need to, you know, coming out of the blocks on your sprints, stay a little lower or whatever it is. And you'll get some you'll get some leagues and some coaches where they're like, hey, listen, stay away from my athlete. Don't tell my kid anything. I don't trust you, whatever. With the NFL, it's very much a it's very much a community. I mean, you want your team to win. Like when I go out there, I want I want whatever whatever team I'm coaching for, I want to win. But I'm I'm also I want as a league, I want our league to do well. I like seeing athletes like David, like other schools, like sending the more kid, the more NFL athletes we can send to states, the better. Yeah, I mean it's nice to see that. I mean we're not as big as uh, ECIC, but I, we're definitely closer. And even our little parties when we get together and we reward the kids and we pick first team, second team, et cetera, you know, there's, there's no like, oh, you know, that, and, and that's, and I would say that's true in a lot of the NFL, not all of them, but definitely true across many of the NFL sports, not just track, yes. um, cross countries like that, you know, and those are the ones I was slightly involved in, but I mean, definitely, yeah, I think that uh, it's a great environment and I think more of high school sports should be like that, you know. Oh, I agree. And I miss that. I probably, you know, now that I'm retired, I miss the camaraderie with the other coaches, you know, because the athletes come and go. But, you know, it's the same people, you know, that you see every year. It's definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, Zach, did you kind of notice that too, like um, running track and field and then soccer as well? Did you kind of know, or did you notice it more in in track than soccer or? Um, I would, so it was kind of different. So I was, in my opinion, at least I was always much better than soccer than I was at track. So with soccer, I had a couple of coaches come up and, and just be like, "Hey, I wish I had you." Like, I mean, I remember the one. I mean, we always we were never like an amazing team or anything. I remember we got destroyed by Grand Island the one day, and the coach was like, "I wish I had you." Like, and I, for me, I mean, especially after losing, I think it was a plus nothing. I think it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty bad. I mean, that's just how it was with us in Grand Island. Like hearing that, I was like, okay, like you know, it's. I mean, I've been basically just sitting back and trying to limit the amount of damage done. I mean, that was always nice for me. Um, track, I would have. I definitely had coaches tell me like, "Hey, like try to do this and this." And my heart was never fully in track after like sophomore year, so I always I was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Like that's that's fine. I appreciate the advice, but like I was just like, "Yeah, like you know." It's, but <laughs> I'll never forget. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you're downplaying a little bit your your abilities against Grand Island because you did get us to a tie for the first time with Grand Island ever, and and but then also I remember track when you were at sectionals. 
and he qualified for finals. Oh, it was uh, NFL. And it was NFL. Oh, NFL. NFL was, and he yeah. qualified for finals, and he was upset. He was the first person to ever qual- that'd be upset to qualify for the finals because he just wanted <laughs> it to be done. You know, you had you had a rough. You, you know, you had you had some other stuff that that made it difficult for your your running career, so yeah. to speak. And uh, but you know, it was funny. But you you stayed around and you did it for the camaraderie of the sport, though. I think right. Yeah, your, all right. your friends were still there, and and it just you got to be part of a really fun journey that year, your senior well, year. Even even indoor track, like I always, I told you before the season started, I was like, listen, like I don't want to spend my whole my entire Saturdays at Houghton anymore. Yeah, and you were you were understanding. You're like, at least try to go to one and see how it is. And I, yeah. I was obviously pretty adamant that I wasn't going to do that. Um, but I also felt a responsibility to lead the next generation and make sure they understood what being a part of this team was, what the team was about. And, yeah. And so I would I would go and practice just to make sure I was staying in shape, wasn't just being lazy yep. and not doing anything for three months, whatever it would be. But I felt responsibility to be a leader, even if I wasn't going to go to the meets and, and run. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny we mentioned this, and both you guys can chime in. I know uh, I coached three sports. I know when you when you were coaching, you were three sports, um, and when you played, you played, you were three sports. It was soccer, indoor and outdoor track and field. And he did unified. So oh, I mean, see, for even, two years, right? You did unify. Yeah. So he was, I mean, you know, he four years for for two years he was involved with four four actually six sports in the one year because of well three because you did you you did two two unified. I mean, I know it's unified, but at the same time, it's still it's, a time commitment, still, and it's still sports, you know, and it's still and it's important to those athletes. And and you know, I thought he was a great leader. I was, you know, I didn't have anything. I just fun to sit by as a dad and as a teacher and watch somebody really excel so much and working with those kids in that environment too. So no, yeah. Oh yeah. And the thing is like, did you guys ever feel like, I know even there's been a couple seasons where at the end of outdoor track, I'm like, you know, I've had a lot of fun this year, but I just want this to end. Like, it's just, you, you get to NFL meet, you get the sectional and you're just like, Okay, this is great, but you're just you're spent. Like you're you're yeah, both mentally that's... drained. You're just physically drained. You're just like great team. Had a lot of fun. Love doing it. Glad we're having success. But at the same time, I'm looking forward to that first Monday of no practice. Yeah, yeah. I think especially for the for the kids on the team that were always cross country, indoor track, outdoor track. I don't know how they did it because after after one season of running, I was like I. I don't feel like doing this again. And yeah. I always felt after every season it was it was harder to to pick back up and go and do it again than it was the last time. And I think once like junior year hit, I was just like I just don't have the motivation to to push myself to do better at this than than what I think I can because I, I think if I would have stuck with the 800, I could have been a halfway decent 800 runner. And we had a pretty good team going at that point, so I felt like I potentially had the ability to break into that team. Um, but I was just like, it's it's hard, especially with this track. Even if even when you're in relay, it's it's there's people running against you, but it's you in your own head. Yeah, like oh, absolutely. You can you can see a guy five feet in front of you or five feet behind you, and and you know you got to try and beat them. But it's just you in your own head and and try and your own body and your body's telling you, listen, why the hell are you doing this? Like, and then you're trying to convince yourself to keep pushing, and it's, it's just the biggest. I I, I think swimming is probably the same thing too. I think in terms of a mental aspect, swimming and track are the two hardest sports you could ever play. I I would agree. I, I, really I don't know would. about necessarily from a physical level. Like I think like in terms of like, like probably fighting, like either boxing or MMA is probably like the physical one. But I think on a mental standpoint, I think track and swimming are are next to none in terms yeah, of like, mental. I'll think the 2016, 2017, which was your brother's senior year, 
we did you know we were we did out we did obviously we did soccer we went in indoor and then they went all the way to states and we literally picked up the next week the monday we got back to states on like a saturday night midnight and we started outdoor yeah on monday and then we went to outdoor final states and yeah. we went to nationals in there too so like it was crazy and i was still coaching two travel teams soccer teams which were really good travel teams and i had a lot of responsibility with them i mean that 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 year it just flew by and I was mentally exhausted, and then, but we still had another month of travel, <laughs> you know, into July. Yeah. And then finally August, I think I just, I mean, I think we had a two week break, and then I went right back into, you know, outdoor outdoor track, you know, or, or soccer. Excuse me, you know, middle August, and it was like it just it it, and I did to burn me out. I mean, I think I could see by the time I retired. I was getting tired. I was getting, you know, luckily travel had kind of wrapped up by then. And I was coaching different sports, different responsibilities because I was now a head coach. So it did invigorate me, but it was, I was tired. I was really tired. Oh, yeah. And you know? even even with indoor track, I mean, you mentioned the uh, the bus rides out to Houghton yeah. where it's, you look at them and it's a it, winter season, no matter what you're playing, whether it's basketball, indoor right. track, it's just a long season, the longest season in general. Yeah. But when you have to travel just on a bus about an hour and a half just to get there, yep. and then another hour and a half. To, I mean, you're talking a basketball game, doesn't it? You're, you're home. You go to the game. You're home. You play it, and you're home in three hours. Yeah. Indoor track, we're spending three hours just just to get there and back. Well, that was what I always loved about soccer versus other sports. It's like, you know, like even yesterday I watched, you know, Champions League final. I know the game's going to start at three. Yes. And I know when it's going to be over unless it goes to extra time and penalties. Like I know by 445 it's done. Like yeah. I can schedule my life around it where track, you just couldn't. If I was a baseball coach, you, you just couldn't. You had no idea how long these games were going to take. And, and, and with Houghton, you didn't know like what the weather was going to be like, what the roads were going to be like. You don't, you don't know if they're going to, you know, there are going to be too many kids registered and too many events and they're going to let people pencil themselves in. And it was just all, you never knew if like you were going to get back at seven or nine on a Saturday night from Houghton. Oh, and, you know, and it's as much as I enjoyed it, I can understand why kids just kind of walk away from it at some point because it's like they want to have a social life too. And, you know, if you're Saturday night, Friday night, you're not going out because you got to meet the next day. Saturday night, you're probably, by the time you get home, you're shot. You yeah. Know? So, and it, God it, help yeah. you if you have the late the late shift on yeah. Saturday where you're not you're not leaving the school until two thirty. Right. And if you get back by midnight yeah. you're happy. I mean, it's a long, long day. Yeah, it is. Um and especially like even when you were teaching, I know I'm at my building at like between seven and seven thirty. Yeah. Um, I'm not on a on an indoor track day, I'm not getting home from I don't know, until probably seven, eight at night. Even just on a regular practice, even and just face it, a lot, a lot of our athletes too are really, really good at school too. Even if they're oh, not like sure. you know an A student, they're they're challenging themselves. Zach, how many a, how many college AP classes did you? Enough that you graduated from yeah, college well, a year early. I had thirty three <laughs> credits transfers, so you know, I, mean, like, I think that's for me. Like that was the thing too. Is like I'm going to school, I'm doing all these AP classes. You had a job these, at that so point. I had a job, so it's you like know. I'm I'm doing I'm work I'm going to school all week doing like. Doing homework all day after I get home from practice, and Saturday I'm just sitting in in a like an athletic facility for twelve yeah. hours straight, yeah. like, or ten hours straight, whatever it is, 
just like, okay, well, I'm running for probably a maximum of three minutes. <laughs> and then I still joke about, you know, I still yeah. joke about that with your grandfather. Cause you know, obviously, you know, your grandfather loved to come watch you guys mm-hmm. run. And I remember like, you know, him making jokes about Christian, you know, Christian ran the 300 in the, and a leg in the two, four by two. <laughs> and he was like, I was in the car for, you know, f- you know, four hours to watch my grandson run for like 54 seconds you know oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like we would have done it because again that's what grandpas and parents do you know but you know but when you do that week in week out and and it's just and you're there and you're there as an athlete you're there for every event and you're there to you know you, you know then they give you a stupid job you got to move hurdles or rake the pits or something oh, along right. those things you know it's just it's just it's hard and i think that unfortunately um, indoor track at times and maybe, you know, I know you guys have talked about this on other podcasts because I listen to your podcast when you have coaches, track coaches on. And, and you know, that's the double-edged sword that we run into with indoor track. If you're an elite runner, you're into it. But if you're that average runner, you, you know, that maybe you don't see the end of the road or it just isn't for you. It's just it wears you out. And, it, it, and, and I think it's hurt the program overall. From an outsider now looking in, I definitely think it's hurt the program Uh we get. I think the NFL, or not, not excuse me, not the NFL, but I think Section Six and probably a lot of the sections across New York State have to find a way to like make it important, but also make it not so demanding on the athletes. Well, I always thought, and a lot of times I'll do this. Uh, we'll do this with our athletes. We'll, um, and maybe this is the wrong mentality sometimes that I have, but I look at indoor as listen. This is a this is a training season. Yes. Like this is this is training. Obviously there's there's sectionals, there's states, you're trying to you're competing, you 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 are in meets against other schools. But I'm I, I tell my, my athletes a lot of times, listen, this is especially I, I mean I coach throwers, so especially that that are just picking up a shot for the first time. Yeah. You're gonna struggle. It takes a while to pick up shot, but I'm not all that concerned what you're throwing now in in uh December or January. I'm more concerned about what you're going to throw in um, in March, April, May, June. You know, by the outdoor season. I, I just feel like, like if I agree, and I think if there was just maybe a few less requirements in the number of meets you go to. Yeah, even have it maybe just like two or three and different meets. types of meets. Yeah, you know, uh, make it more like that. You know, I think that would ben- they would benefit from that. Just do it more of a training, and not you only know. that, you don't get kids that are just the especially like you said the ones that come from cross country. By the time they get to outdoor, they're like just they're shot. Yeah, those kids that run those three seasons, or let's say they play football or something in the fall, or soccer, and then they transfer over to track, indoor track, and then they go that far, and then they go to states. Like I remember in seventeen that my relay, that relay that went to states that year. I mean, they were shot. Like all yeah. four of them were running with some kind of, you know, ailment, whether it was just you know stress fractures or. Just, just, just beat up. They're just beat up. Like oh, you yeah. know, you watch football, you know, professional football, and you see guys by the time they get to the end of the season, you know, they're they're just beat up. You know, they're Happened playing the Bills they're, this yeah, year. They're playing. You know, and then you get you know, then you see like a guy like Odell you know, Odell Beckham comes in. He's kind of fresh and he's great. Yeah, of course he's coming in because he hasn't played. You know, like those guys that come in, he's going to look good because he's coming in late because he was injured. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's coming back from injury, but he's also fresh. He doesn't have all that banged up stuff. You know, when that happens, we see that in soccer all yeah. the time. Or sometimes the guys are banged up and they come back and they get banged up again because they're not in well, they're not in game like, shape. I mean, December. I always say like for <clears> Premier League, especially like December is the telling point in the season because you kind of know if what, like just because it's there's so many games. There's always like eleven games in, in December, especially yeah. if you're playing Champions League and stuff. 
you have 11 games to play in December, and you, it's kind of like that's kind of like the make or break point in the season. I think it's always usually like, except for Arsenal, which I love because of Chelsea fan that they folded it this year. But yeah, pretty much every I think every I think it was like by Christmas. I think there's only been two teams in the history of the Premier League that were top of the table at Christmas and didn't win. And it was Arsenal this year and Arsenal previously in a different yeah. season. I can't remember what year, but it's so. It just kind of shows, like, if you make it through December, like, and you're in that people. Well, the last two years in Premier League, not to jump all over the place, but you're right. Premier League last year, City was at the top, and and everybody's like, oh, it's over. And then they fell apart. And they fell apart in the spring and then were able, had a rally at the end and got it back. And then this year, Arsenal was at the top, and everybody's like, oh, it's over again. And I'm like, did anybody not pay attention to Premier League last year? And, And really, City won, but let's be honest, they partially won because Arsenal fell apart. And I'm a City fan. I mean, and I'll admit that, like, they that we literally didn't even have to win a game. They we literally won a game, won the league, watching them lose a game, watching Arsenal drop whatever that was. I forget which team yeah. that was. Well, I was just happy that the uh, Arsenal lost. I think it was Dunham Forest. Zach exactly. Christian lost. was upstairs playing Survivor on Star Wars, and I went upstairs. Well, it's all over. He's like, "What? Well, we won the <laughs> we won the league because <laughs> he didn't watch the Arsenal game that year." Like, you know, it's just and it is like, but that is injury. It's momentum. Um, it's, you know, can you, can you, can you keep rallying when the chips are down? And that, that comes down to just fitness, coaching, the schedule. There's so many things that come and go with it. You know, you just never know. And that's why they play the game. Absolutely. So, so. and, uh, speaking of the premier league, we're going to get into this. will get in, it's transition us into our topic yeah. of, um, AFC Richmond and how they did in the Premier, show of all time. how they did in the premier league this year <laughs> I would, I uh, with our special little Ted Lasso talk. Um, Our TED Talk. Oh, there you go. TED Talk. There you go. Uh, Season – well, let's let's kick it right off the bat. What are your guys' initial thoughts on season three? Because I know there's been a lot of – it almost seems like you either love it or you hated it. I – I'm not going to – I thought the first episode was really good. Other than that, the first half of the season – I mean, my my wife, Vicky, and I, we watched it uh, every week. By season, by episode like four or five, I'm looking at her like they just ruined one of my favorite shows. Like, how could they? Like, what are they doing? They're adding another character. Who cares about this Shandy woman? Like, who cares? Like, why are they going into another ridiculous storyline? But um, we were talking a little bit about this before we started. By season six, um, the Amst- I think that was the Amsterdam episode, wasn't it? I season think six? Episode, uh, six. episode six yeah. was the Amsterdam. I thought they finally started getting back on track. I really enjoyed it. The last two episodes. The finale I wasn't crazy about, but the second to last episode, uh, episode 11, I loved it. The Mom City one, I thought it was fantastic. Um, but, Zach, what, are, what were your thoughts on, on season three just in general? I, I loved it. Uh, I That's for me, like, I'm not really a comedy show person most of the time. And okay. I know it's developed into being more than just a, a simple comedy. But the comedy for me is, like, just my stupid humor, like, all just in a, in a show, basically. I love – even though there was a lot of storylines and there's a lot of moving pieces going on, I love pretty much all of them except for the Shandy part. Like I thought she was just kind of like – I think they threw her in there to kind of like add a different – I don't I know. I don't really know. Like I, I, I watched them like I just don't see like what the point of it is besides maybe just like a way for Keely to like you know handle Roy – the breakup with Roy. Um, I, I, what I looked at it as is that – well, here's the thing. I, I I look at the whole show as one thing because I look at it the way I think that they wrote it, that this was a three season arc. Um, I think they knew even not knowing if the show would continue after season one, that 
they kind of knew what the whole arc of the show was going to be because there's so many things that happened in the first two seasons that are wrapped up in the third um, episode, in the third season. So, and I, but I think what happens is I think sometimes you're writing these shows and you're like, I got to do, what did they have to do, 12 episodes? 12 episodes. 12 episodes. And I think they didn't, I think they said, oh, crap, we don't have enough to do 12 episodes. So we need to figure out how to fill the first half of the season because we don't have enough. And they didn't want to do what other shows sometimes do where they end up with like a 30-minute episode. They didn't want to do that. So Yeah, but if you look at season one, season one, I don't. I think the longest episode in season one was only like maybe 40 minutes. Yep. And I mean, you had season three, their shortest episode was like 45, yeah. 50. Yeah. I think the Shandy thing was they were trying to figure out a way to make do a lot more with Keeley's growth. And I think that yeah. having her have that other relationship and having her having to deal with like her staff and then what was the char- her annoying Shandy. friend, Shandy's character, that she's kind of evolved past that type of person. That's the type of person she was. Yeah. And that she has to grow up and evolve and 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 find a way to become herself. If you look at it just as the way they address Keely, it's fine. But like y- y- as soon as that girl's gone, you kind of like, just don't care. I, I forgot about her. Like, I forgot about Shani, and I didn't even remember anything. Like, they didn't even have, like, what happened to her, like, you know, yeah, her they, being... No, they, if you were, see it in one of the magazines, the new, yeah. if you see, what? it says oh, that she it. started uh, Star Bleeper. The Her app, that remember when she left, she's like, I'm developing an app. It's called Star Bleeper. You know, we'll we'll keep it PG. Right. Star Effer. Um, and if you look, when Ted's in the airport... It says in one of the magazines, it shows her picture, Shandy, uh, CEO or whatever, of yeah. Star Bleeper right. app. So she actually does start oh, her okay. app. Right. I, I think it had that, that in there at Zava returned and joined LA. Well, I saw Zava had returned. And that, they, that's oh, wait. I didn't see thing. that. Yeah. 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 One of the other ones was uh, Zava returns and is joining LAFC, which is kind of funny. Because oh, okay. Latan Ibrahimovic joined LA Galaxy at one point. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that they just had him go to the opposite MLS As silly team. as the Zava thing is and they didn't need it, I loved it. I think it's be- go- amazing. I, I As much as it is just filler to try and get get like the story from, from point A to point B – I, I think it's just amazing. They did a great job at, at just mimicking Zlatan Ibrahimovic and doing it in a funny way and just like it's he's not actually even, more like, likable than yeah. Zlatan. He's actually oh, yeah. he's actually Absolutely. a nicer guy. Like actually, especially because he's a little bit better of a teammate than I think we think Ibra, yeah. you know is like right. Like I don't think we sense that he's that. This is a nicer dude. And yeah, they all take they, on goofy nicknames when he calls himself Landam. And, <laughs> like, and just the what it does to Jamie is important because it really makes oh, Jamie re-examine needs, so. who he wants mm-hmm. to be. And that's important. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he wasn't around that long because of that. I agree. You know? Yeah. I think too much of it would have been – would would have been just like okay we get it like he's yes. just this over the top character like how it's like trying to manage him would just would have been too too much to deal with but I think for that perfect like three episode period that he was in I thought that it was it was perfect the way they did it I do like the way that they had him just like they didn't write like he just left yeah like he just disappeared like gone I do like that fact because he really doesn't fit into that system at all no and no. i think that was kind of the thing like even ted didn't like even ted beard nobody knew how to approach him and i think that was kind of like i think that's intentional that this club 
they can't have that kind of star. No. And I and I and it I like totally that it, it does fit into the concept of the Richmond way. Like it really does and it forces Ted to become to to invest to reinvent something that already existed, which is great. Yeah, you the know? total football star. <laughs> it's like Which I agree and it was funny the first when he first comes to practice, but like all right, all corner kicks, kick to Zava. All, you know, penalty shots right. taken by Zava. It was you're right. It just totally goes against what the culture that they're trying to bring in there, where this is a team game, team sport, and now all of a sudden, well, we've got you know, we've got Pele, we've got Zolt, right. we've got Ronaldo, we've got. Well, Messi. you've coached I'll- teams, I've coached teams, and and I always was very careful. Not that I was ever at that high of a level, but if I had that kind of elite player, and we've had you played with some of them and players that were really good, but we we always still made it about like it was never about one guy. And we were just talking about this yesterday, the one player that I had to find a way to reach and get him to play within our system. And when he got to play within their system, he was tremendous within that role. Right. Mm -hmm. But nobody ever. I was the only one, right? I would think that I'm not trying to be too conceited about it, but I think I'm the only ever guy that got that guy the way to play he should have. So I appreciate the little bit of coaching, like enough about coaching that's kind of covered in Ted. It's not a show about coaching, but it is. You know, because I I joke about it that I'm I, my what was my mantra as a coach? I'm just a dad with a whistle. Like so, <laughs> I'm I'm very Ted Lasso. Like I identify with Ted Lasso more than anybody on that show. Well, that's why I kind of looked at it a couple times. Like I'll even say it to my wife, but like. Ted's not coaching. He's not no. doing, like, even at season one, even in the season two, okay, we get it. He doesn't know much about the sport, if anything, about which I kind of thought, like, dude, you're going to a Premier League team. Don't you think you would at least? I mean, my first coaching job, I coached swimming and diving. I didn't know a damn thing about swimming or diving. But I went to the library, and my team never knew that I didn't know a damn thing about, if any of you are listening, I didn't know yeah. anything about swimming. But I made, I faked it until I made it. I, yeah. He just, and whatever, you're having honesty, but you would, season one, season two, he did a lot more coaching than in season three. Like, Well, even, by the time he gets to season three, it's almost, done. if you want to like it, and obviously this is why I like English people don't love the show a lot, but a lot of high level soccer people love the show. So it's weird, like the average English person doesn't love the show, but people that like soccer love the show because they they understand that the show is about like the bigger picture, which a lot of these oh, guys agree with, you know, like they agree that the game is a, is an analogy for life. And that's, I mean, if you're a coach, we talk about this all the time that as coaches, it's an analogy for life. It's not just about winning a game. No. I mean, we, 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 and I think even at the professional level, like some of these guys, the ones that are win at all costs, no matter they, they, they might have a good season here and there, but they don't become the legends of the game. But it definitely, there's a lot of stuff in by that last season. He has so much help. He, you know, he's got Roy. He's got Nate back. You know, he's any and he, and and even Beard has developed. Because it's funny, there's a lot of stuff. You look at the books that Beard reads throughout the show. Like, you know, yeah. the, he's, I think he's got like soccer for dummies or whatever in the first season. By the end, he's reading high level soccer theory books by the end, which is pretty amazing. Like the way they kind of like, it's always cool to look at what he was reading. Well, let's be honest. I mean, Beard, especially in season one, season two, Beard was doing a lot of the. It seemed like he was doing a lot of the tactician stuff, a lot of the, the actual coaching. But Ted was, he would always come in with the speech. He would always, right. and I love the dynamic of the staff, especially when Nate came back. Everybody kind of knew their own role. In fact, when they asked Roy, hey, what would you think about Nate coming back? Great. He's good at the stuff that I suck at. 
I mean, you have to have that right. as a staff. But it was almost it had almost gotten to the point where Beard, um, Roy, Nate, they were doing all the stuff. Even in season two, where Ted was just kind of fading, fading. I mean, if you if you look at it, and I know uh, Higgins brought it up at some point. Do we have to fire Ted? Like, is he even doing anything? Do we we've got the talent? Do we like? Is it time to to switch it up? They didn't go. And I thought they could have gone a little bit more into that, and I thought right. they were, but I mean, it's at, towards the end. Did, did they until he came out with total football? Did you really need him in season three? I mean, it's funny because definitely he struggles with a lot, and that's what the show is supposed to be. It's about his journey. You know, it's not called FC Richmond; it's called Ted Lasso, which I think the spinoff is going to be I the rich, right. either the it, Richmond way. I think it'll or be FC the Rich- Richmond. It'll or, be the Richmond way if they if they can do a spinoff. And um, but it, yeah, I think it is his journey, and I think dealing with like the you know with the counselor and all that, um, and him, I, I don't know. Like I just I I just love his journey on the show because and here's here's what I love the most about it, that last game and the last episode, you know, and he's everybody's oh my god, it's a goal we're gonna lose, and he's he's off. But, <laughs> he, I I but know I, it's I, an exaggeration. No, but I that irked me because I like rewound it, rewound it, rewound it. If you look at it by rule, he was not off <laughs> sides. I noticed. I, I didn't he really wasn't. look at it until I watched the replay and I was like, I don't think he's off. He's not. He well, beat the goaltender. He's beyond the goaltender. That's VAR that's yeah. in the Premier League though. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's accurate though but in that's that just respect. It, but it wouldn't have been accurate. Like, okay, he wasn't off Take that out so of it though. <laughs> but the fact that he gets to the point that he really does understand the game. Oh, for sure. And I even how to that. use, even the play that they do, the recreation of the play where like, where Jamie's like, look at me, I'm open, I'm yeah, open. Pass, I, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. And he's doing a Ted Lasso imitation. He's even losing his English accent. He's even doing like Ted was doing it's like it's yeah. a ripoff of what ted did that they finally get to the oscar carry the oscar like the whole thing it's just so good because and again it's still a show it's not a soccer show it's not it's not miracle you know like where we're watching the recreation of the u.s winning yeah. the olympics against russia it's not that it's you know <laughs> it's it's not even like you know uh you know one of those football movies you know like you know that aren't accurate or it's, it's not yeah. rudy it's, like- this is something different and I can I tell you, I was so happy that they ended it the way they did without them winning the Premier League. I thought it would have been just too cheesy, too schmaltzy. I love the fact they found the perfect way to end it with them celebrating, with them getting the win, with them, you know, dropping West Ham and Rupert. Hopefully that's, you know, he's done. Yeah, he's going to have to yeah. be forced to sell the club. He's, you know, he's going to be like a Russian oligarch. Yeah, but I, lo- I also love the fact, though, that they still had Man City winning it all, which realistically would have, I I think if you look at it realistically with Man City only needing a win or even a draw to get get the championship, Man City's not losing. I think that the fact that they let him up, they set it up for a spinoff because now they're in the Champions League, which creates like a whole other dynamic. Um, I love the fact that, you know, that Ted was like, well, what is this now? I got another league? Like, well, it was almost like, it's almost like he knew he knew, but it was almost like, wait, I got this other league I got to play in now? Yeah, if you, get, I mean, if you get relegated, you go to the Champions it's like, League. Wait, wait, you're relegated? You're coming third? Like, it's kind of funny that, that, but again, think about where they were. It's, it is, it, for the people that don't think the show's very realistic, it is, it's unrealistic, although Lester did it, to, to like, 
get relegated, come out of nowhere and win the league, you know, um, where just to make champions that 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 amount of money that for the club that allows it kind of does allow what what happens at the end with Rebecca and and her growth as a person is so important. Um, you know, I, I like I like all of that. I think, yeah, I think if they would have won the whole damn thing, it would have it would have been too dizzy. It would have been, been too cheesy. Yeah, I, I agree. As much as I was like hoping they did win it, because I was just like, oh, I want to see them. I wanted to see the celebration, and like I want to see Ted do the dance that he did. But obviously, they just did it as the way, with, which is they just celebrated for the season they had and and the and everything that they had together. But it's also point. coming back from being down in that game right. too. They just, oh, they're for coming sure. back and winning it. To, to giving themselves a chance, even if they yes. don't win it, to know that they they did what they needed to do. That if City did slip up, that they would have had their they would have won. Assuming City slipped up, obviously City didn't, but that they they were able to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish, and I mean exceed everybody's expectations. How about the appearance Always. by Pep, though? How great is that? That was awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. And to quote to quote what Ted Lasso said in what season one, like when he was on yeah. either on the plane or at the press conference. Right. Um, I thought that was really cool. I it, thought that it, was nice. I mean. Up. Because again, I know that Pep um, Archuleta, um, oh, Archuleta, you mean Arteta, Arteta, and um, uh, Klopp. Klopp are all fans of the show. They well, watch it, was, it with their families. They all said that they they've all been quoted as saying they love the show. They watch it with their families because they do feel like yes, they're there to win championships, but they are there to build people too. Oh, absolutely. You know, they want to build. They want to build something for the culture. And I and that I mean, clearly Pep. Is trying to build something more than just his resume. Well, I mean, I think the perfect example of it is when when Aguero left Man City. Finally, um, Pep said we can never replace him. Everybody's like, "Well, he's lying because now they have Holland." But I, I just think probably the leadership and the the human being that Aguero is and, and was in that locker room. I think that's more what he was referring to than than having a striker that can score twenty goals a season. Because it's Man City; they have an unlimited budget. They can go. They what they did exactly that. They went and bought yeah. Holland, and he shattered every record in his first season. But in terms of the leader that Aguero was, and and how what he did for the, meant to that club, I don't think. And and and, and again, you know, like that. people are already doing those comparisons. I mean, but like, what did Aguero do at the end of his very first season at Man City? He, I mean, he won the, the title. I mean. Granted, by himself, essentially, yeah. like took it on his shoulders and and did that. And I'll never forget that because that's to me still one of the greatest moments in in, in any sport history, let alone just Premier League. I mean, like in, in that fashion to do it at that that moment, it's like yeah, there's other teams that win. It's ridiculous, yeah. but to at that level, the way the way Premier League does soccer, where all the teams are playing at the exact same moment, even like the second half whistle all is whistled at the same time. They're all in radio. Like to me, it's so amazing. It's something that other sports don't have because again, we don't have playoffs in Premier League. I, I love that about the sport because it creates these amazing moments that we've seen. Like we, how many times in, in the 15, 12, 13 years we've been watching Premier League now that we see that it comes, it can come down to the last day. I mean, even you like, know? I mean, last year, uh, you, you went, yeah, City was down two nothing in like seventy minutes in, and they scored three goals in yeah. like ten minutes mm-hmm. and, and won the league. And and then the year that they won, got ninety nine points, and Liverpool was right behind them in ninety eight, which is one of the craziest, craziest. just races yep. in any sport ever. It came down of, to that game. I mean, and you guys went down like one nothing and. In like five, ten minutes, whatever it was, and then Aguero just scores right away, and then you go on to beat him six to one. Yeah, like it was just like I mean, it's just to see how even when like the, how many times it's like City's always down on the last day at some point, and they always find a way to bounce back and yep. and win it. It's like they they almost choke every time, and then yep. they and they decide that all right, we're Man City, let's let's figure this out. <laughs> so, well, it's funny even that like even during the show when they 
they got off to their hot start where they won, what, six in a row with Zaba. Then right. they got into yeah. that, that terrible losing stretch. I'm even looking. I'm like, all right, if they're going to have them either win the whole thing or be at least competitive, they – Got to start having them win. Right. Like they're gonna, they're right. gonna fall too far behind. And obviously, like, as soccer people, we talk about this all the time. Like I wanted, like they never show us really the table because they show them a few times. They, and but I'll pause it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, there. I got to do the math on this because yeah. I want to see if it makes any sense. Like, well, how many games did they lose? I mean, I'm sure somebody's already done this and ruined it. But it's like, well, it looked like from when they, I think that the episode where Zava quits or right before that, it looks like Beard is drawing or has like yeah. a third draw or something. Right. right. So it looks like they went from six and zero to like six six and three. Okay. So they would have gone zero uh, six and three okay. on that stretch. But then again. There's, I think, at least another one or two. I mean, they have the friendly in Amsterdam, right? And then they lose the other one after that. So, I'd say roughly they went. I don't know, probably like oh eight, maybe oh nine and three. Which is why it makes it almost impossible that they would they would could win right. the t- get the. Yeah, that, I think. I mean, after after seven games, they had the six ones with Zava, and then they had the Chelsea draw, which is the opening game. So they would right. have been on sixteen points after six games, right? Um, and then. They won. I think the streak ended up being like 18 or 17 or yeah, 18, 17 after, or 18. Yeah. after they beat West Ham the last game of the season. So, I mean, the 20 something wins. So that's it's five wins and then yeah. another 17. It's like 22, 23 wins. Right. I don't think that gets you over the line most of the time. No. Um, You're, that's that's why because even when you watch like people do predictions for seasons like right now everybody's predicting what the teams are going to be in the NFL and I'm like all these teams are playing each other though so these 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 records that everybody's like thinking that Cincinnati is going to have a be blah 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 but then the Bills are going to be blah 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 but but they're all playing each other so there's no way that those totals make yeah. sense so like you just know just like looking at it City won the league with 28 wins this year right. So I don't remember exactly like what the points. And this points is a low were. year for that too. Yeah. That's a pretty low benchmark, you yeah. know. Considering I mean, usually it takes ninety to I would win the say, league. I would say roughly. I mean nowadays, but like roughly. I mean, cause I think Chelsea before City like broke the record the year after when they got a hundred points. I think Chelsea broke the record and had thirty wins. Yep. So roughly, it's always been in that twenty like six to twenty eight range. I would yeah. say is what was. Well, we'll we've totally shifted line. where we were. I guess we got to get back to Ted Lasso, right? So we. This is still on Ted Lasso. So. <laughs> this is still on Ted Lasso. So I mean, and especially I, though, when even when they had any time they showed Nate and West Ham, had, did they ever show them lose? Like no. it was always another win. You would have thought. You would have thought even thirty, you know, twenty, twenty-five games, thirty games into the season, that they were undefeated. Like, but I also think that them. once Nate leaves, I'm I'm under the impression that they stink after that. Yeah. Well, it seems I mean they it seems like they dropped from first to what fifth going right. into the game. Um, I don't know. I thought they could have with those they could have done a little bit better job, kind of I, making you know, it a little bit more. The show's but... incredibly smart. If you watch that show, even if you don't like it, you have to appreciate how smart it is, how smart the writing is, how researched it is in terms of like where stuff comes from, the dialogue, the way they cross-reference songs. I mean, just everything that they do in that show. Um, I'm sure that they, in that writer's room, talked about this. Because they had soccer people that were involved. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that they, like, talked about it, and then some of them just said, who cares? Like, let's just not worry about that too much. I I think that's why it was kind of yada yada a little bit, because it wasn't the focus. It's not the important part of the show. It's it's the characters, their, their story development, their growth. Like, it's... I think that's what they were focused on. So they figured, well, okay, we can yada yada and make it a little bit inaccurate just so we can 
get to the point of the story and the, make sure we're telling the story I do, that we're trying to tell. I, I will say the funny thing about this show is, is in general is that it comes out in 2020 and no one's watching this thing. Nobody's watching this show. And I ran into Augustino who coaches, you know, the boys team and, you know, he coaches baseball and we're good friends. And I – this was again during the end – towards the end of 2020 it came out, right? I like, so I think we didn't think even so. have like I, – I think we had school but we didn't really have sports yet. And and I remembered like – I go, did you watch Ted Lasso? And he's like, oh my god, I love Ted Lasso. And at this point really nobody watched it. No. And somewhere in the next – like in the next four or five months, slowly everybody, everybody started talking about this show. And I told him early on to watch it. And Zach's not a guy who watches TV shows. Like you've watched what the boys. Boys, you, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like you don't watch. Lasso. And he doesn't watch sitcoms. He doesn't watch. You don't watch regular television. No. And I think that was kind of like it found its. It kind of found its home with people that don't watch stuff. And it also came out in a time that I think that people really – I don't think I can think of another show that's got that positive outlook on life that that Ted Lasso has. Well, that's why. I thought it was it was interesting. Like season one and even season two started to get a little dark. Season three, the first – like it was – it started getting like dark. Yeah. Even – I remember there were a couple times in season three like everything was happening to the to Ted. I'm, I'm looking at my wife like – Damn, can't they just leave him alone? Like, can't they give him a, like a good day? Like, just like I mean, Jesus, I think it's again all that part of that journey. On. Like, if everything, I think if they would have suddenly made, as much as some of those early episodes are frustrating to watch when you look at think back on them, I, I can go back and rewatch the season now and like, ah, it's fine. I know it's going to all work out. And I just wish, like you said it, I wish they would have gotten there a little bit quicker. Yes. But I think it came down to practical, practicality of the writing. I think they like we gotta have we gotta explore some things. It's like we gotta be down at the end. We gotta be down at halftime. I think the analogy for the season is much like the the game in the last episode. We gotta be down at halftime. And so I think six episodes in, the sixth episode is the Amsterdam episode, yeah. and that's when everything turns around. And I think it's that I think if I think eventually we're going to get that. Yeah, we wanted them to be down in the first half and come back in the second half, and that's kind of what they did. They just they weren't themselves in the first half, and I think that's and we watch soccer all the time. We always say, "What?" I mean, City. Everybody on City yesterday for the Champions League final said, "Like, man, we didn't play good today. We didn't." No, Grealish was like. He was like crying in the interview. He's like, I, "I played so dead today. Like I was terrible." He's like, and they're like, "No, he's gonna remember that. Like you won the champions. Like you just won the champions. Like they just remember you winning the league." And and he goes, I'm, "He's like, and they're like, you probably won't remember you played that bad in in thirty years. You're just gonna remember you won it after and, and the night out you had. I mean, yep. there was like that guy's getting on the bus and Grealish had like the stupid glasses that like the Jamie Tart wears. <laughs> all it's, that's why all about yeah. Jamie's such just such a, a Grealish rip off at this yeah. point. Yeah, like, real- he took the haircut and everything. Well, he had the Ren- he was a Ronaldo first. Yeah. Like he kind of was Ronaldo in the first season, and then the second season, I'm not sure he was in the second season, but in the third season, it was definitely Jamie Tart. You know, yeah, like I, I mean, the nods to the players that these guys have, you know, become or who they're supposed to be, you know, is so good. Oh yeah, even the guy that's supposed to be West Ham's coach that gets fired and ends up the commentator and ends up the coach again at the end, who ends up turning out to be a pretty cool dude because he refuses to do. What and I, can I tell you when they started that scene and I saw him go down there, I just like looked at my the wife. Leg. It I'm was like, like, oh my god, they're not gonna like they're not yeah they're not gonna have them go out and take Jamie Tart out. Like, are you kidding? They're gonna go in that. And I'm so glad that they didn't because after when you know when he yeah. said no, screw. I, I was like, yeah. 
No, because at the end of the I and again, he great. reminds me of a lot. Like that guy, I don't even the actors. I got to look it up, but like that guy reminds me of so many Premier League coaches. Like he's really well cast. Like oh yeah, even especially when he's doing the commentary, he reminds you of all those guys that are on all the different commentaries that we watch. And the commentators, I love the commentators. Oh, the commentators <laughs> are just great. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, well, Jerry a, Henry and just all that stuff that they've done with. He's a brick wall in there. <laughs> no, I see legs and arms. He's clearly a human being. Yes, right. Well, cause it's good that they got Arlo because – well, it's funny. The whole Arlo situ- like white situation because that's the main commentator for the show is because he was the main guy for the Premier League pretty much until this season since MB- NBC had it. Yeah. Um, but I think – I think because now I think he does MLS games on – like the MLS is like Apple TV Plus Pass or whatever for right. – or the, like the MLS TV Pass or whatever Um. So because Apple TV got him. So it's almost like they, they got him for Ted Lasso and they're like, well, people start watching MLS – then we have Arlo White as the the announcer. Well, who so. was the who was the official in the last game? Uh, Mike Dean, who just, who just retired. <laughs> but for anybody that doesn't know who Mike Dean is, it's like he's been a Premier League ref for forever. Well, he was even There's, the one who kicks he kicks Nate out in season two. Yeah, I think one so. of the games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at the at Wembley when they yes lose yes Man at the City, FA Cup yep. yeah the FA Cup the game. growth of of the leagues and even Nike being a sponsor for the team literally. And they sell stuff on the Nike website. I mean, I when it came out, I texted yeah. you like, like they're selling Nike stuff. Right? Oh my God. And you predicted it like <laughs> yeah. about a year ago. I because... said they're going to sign – whether it's Nike or Adidas, they're going to sign a deal and they're going to make a stupid amount of money oh, off the merchandise. Sure. But even if you look at the growth of the way – obviously, I'm a video production guy, so I watch movies and shows from a production standpoint. In the beginning, they had no access to anything. And it looked, the soccer looked bad. Like not – even the soccer itself, but just the way it looked, it looked bad. And yeah. then by the third season, that shot of Jamie Chart standing there in in yeah. in what's it? Where's he in the uh, Etihad? At the Etihad, yeah. that shot in the Etihad, they they filmed that in the Etihad. They went out during during a halftime or something, a friendly or something, and they went out and they got that shot. Like that, that's a real. I don't think that's green screen. Like there's a lot of really cool shots. I think what they you know? did, I th- I saw like a, a TikTok where they had like that behind the scenes stuff. So they basically they'd fill out like the lower part, which right. is extras or whatever, and then everything like up would be green screen from right. there. But like the lower part was all actual people in the seats like recording, the right, right directly from the. Well, seat. the scene with where, where Ted's talking to Pep, you can I saw some production. They just had a bunch of guys in one section wearing blue shirts, yeah. so yeah. they could film that one thing. And but it was funny because then you see that other moment. This is again great filmmaking too for me. Like that after he talks to Ted, you see him, you see Pep go over and hug Jamie. Yeah, yeah. And then when you watch the game, when I watched the post game yesterday, there's scenes of Pep going up and doing that with. Not only his own guys, but guy from Inter Milan. Like, oh yeah, like it was like it, it. Just I love that because someone knew enough about how to direct this, and they probably said to Pep, like, "What would you do normally?" Like, yeah. or however they knew how to do that, or they know enough about him. They really made the guy look like to me. I think he's the greatest coach of all time in soccer, maybe in some other sports too. And and he they they really captured a little bit of some of the other stuff that he does. Oh, yeah, and it's only natural, especially, I mean, he coached Jamie. He wasn't there long in Man right. City, but you always, you know, I don't see you always, but it's it's totally natural thing to do for a manager just to go over, hey, you got to sit Well, you've done Great that. Job. I mean, you've seen kids oh, that have transferred schools. I've got kids that transfer schools, and you like, hey, go, oh my God. Or, or when, when I was coaching kids that played at Loopport, I mean, I'd go up to all of them after yeah. the game because I was going to see them on Saturday for practice. I was going to say. But, it, but it's like, you know, it, it's, you know, I mean, even when you, I remember you skilled on Bill Burrard the one time. He's like, really, Zach? You're going to score on me? Yeah, like, and I, they, they all play together. You know? He's like, you really have to go and score on me? I'm like, hey, sorry, man. 
I'm like, it was 4-1. I think you guys will be all right. Which is one of my favorite moments of that season is when they go off on to do the to do the international break. And the way um, uh, Rojas treats I, is, I, is so, so great. It's so, and he never really acknowledges that, that he was a jerk. Yeah, he really, the guy. really gives him the mask at the end. Like yeah. gives him the better mask at the end. Yeah. He goes, Football is life, <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, just such a jerk. He's like such an Emma. He's such a La Liga mixed player. Like for that bit, he's such a Mexican player for that well, bit. It's funny because like the Mexican national team has like a, a reputation for being like this dirty, like this over aggressive kind of a team like the, I, I watch a decent amount of Mexican League soccer one of my buddies is uh, his family is directly from Mexico so he he supports the team so we all kind of just buy into the team now and and kind of all watch the like Club, Club America, America games and I swear to God it's like they just it's just murder out there sometimes oh uh, absolutely those games. and I, they did a really good job at at having Danny like play the the like like the, the like dirty Mexican player that I still want to know how they decided to make the goalie Canadian. I just want to like yeah. sit and ask. Those are the goofy questions. Like, all right, why is he Canadian? Like, is that right. just a shot at America? Like, there's no Americans on the team. Saying, like, gonna, I almost feel like there's a shot. Like, you know, like because Zach, you could have been a member of the Canadian national team, as we always talk about. Technically, yeah. If I, to, you know, if I got my citizenship. I always said like because he's you know even like we made you one of those you know the FIFA cards that they have in the game. Like, we, there was this website where you could print out real ones. And, uh, you know, like, and you can put in your own numbers and they make great gifts. We got you one for Christmas a couple years ago when that's when I put them on. Like you put your the team of origin on and I put I have Canada. I put the Canadian flag on there because technically he qualifies for the Canadian national team. He could have played for them if he could if he could have made the team, of course. Well, that was the whole joke. Uh, A couple of buddies of mine were like, because you know how the the next World Cup is coming. United States, Canada and Mexico. We're like, listen. Why don't we all just go get Canadian citizenship? I know we're going to be old as hell, but when's the last time Canada even had a team? Yeah. We'll just we'll we'll walk on. We'll be a member of their team. We'll yeah. make it no problem. <laughs> you know, it's just. But again, it, it's all in all in fun. Yeah, definitely. But uh, no, I love the fact on the airport where the guy offered, "Hey, you want some chips?" And he just grabbed the chips. Gracious he just crumbled them and just. I and that just, was the it thing. Was just fantastic. I, I felt in the third season. Obviously, you know. Uh, Roja got a got like a the thing when he killed the dog in the second football season. Is life. Yeah, football is life, football is death, or whatever he said when he was <laughs> he kills the dog. Um, I mean, he got some stuff, but most of the players Sam got a lot last season. But yeah. this season they gave everybody that was a like a real like not every character on the team, but like everybody got some moments on the. And I think that helped the first half of the season a lot. That yes. we, we learned a lot about, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the player Colin. that ends up being gay Colin. and, you Colin. know, like, and all of those things, there's even little throwbacks where we should have predicted it because yeah. when they were talking about favorite apps and stuff and he actually says like, you know, an app for this, for like gay dating, he's like, oh, that was my, like, he kind of said it by mistake. He said, but I mean, I think like all of that and even the captain's reaction to it, which was not what you expected and, and all the characters getting those extra moments of development, even I thought like was Bumper really nice. Too. Like we don't really know about like anything, but like kind of this, he's just been one of the more talented players on the squad. Like yeah. you kind of get a little bit more from him too. And, um, and obviously, like Van Dam gets his whole like they they really used him a lot this season, and I thought that was a great a great addition because he's just kind of just a goofy guy. Like he's not he's kind of just comedic relief. Like that's it's a lot of the players basically are just yeah. are just all comedic relief. Um, but I felt but like then they found ways to make it more yeah. than that too, though. Right. Yeah. Like I thought that was great, and I, I like the scene. That's why I love the Amsterdam episode because it's just there really is just a lot of scenes just for them, and I think that was pretty cool. If I'm an actor. 
and I get an episode that's really centered around me and the group as a team, and then they all end up singing on the bus and everything together. It's just, I, I just love the, that. And then even they do the silly production number at the end from because I saw the name of the episode yeah. so long farewell and yeah. I said oh they're right doing there. they're gonna do something from the sound of music and then they literally sing the goodbye song from the sound yep. of music which is like I did not expect that and they were just so excited that it went so well and it just you know it's just so cute like well, that's, it's that's like a nod back to like they did when they uh, when Doctor Sharon was the bye was bye leaving, bye episode and they did the bye 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 thing oh yeah right I forgot and about then that they thing. and then. Uh, like Ted has to go like deal with like a Khufu or whatever, bring Khufu to, to Rebecca and you know, Ted, or Beard takes over and he goes, that was it. And they all just start going nuts mm. over it. <laughs> <laughs> or even when they have him spell out hi boss yeah. or you know. Rebecca. Yeah, there's so many cool things. Like even in that like third season, I like we just start letting the fans in to watch the practices, yeah. Yeah. which is like a fun little thing that like, again, it is truly it leads to so much of again, Rebecca recognizing like, you know, that the fans should own this team too. And they own this team and she literally makes them owners. So even though it's in London, it's supposed to be like a small it's a small it's a smaller area in London, so it's kinda of that small town team that there are we have those teams in necessarily in the Premier League now. I mean Luton they just got promoted, it's kinda of one of those teams. Um but we have there are those teams in London that are just not they're not the worldwide brands that Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham are. Like they're just these small neighborhood teams that a lot of people like and they're they're getting like Worldwide attention because they're in the Premier League. Or oh, the absolutely! And you see that, and they even made a mention. I think it was season two where they made a mention to uh, AFC Wrexham, uh, the Wrexham yeah. League, um, that McElhaney and uh, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds yeah. bought, and they just got promoted. And to, I think part uh, of the success of that because they had that show on Netflix, we're watching them. Yeah, this like, is Wrexham. Or welcome, Rexham. welcome to Wrexham. And, welcome to Rexham. And, and I think yeah. that parallels in life, obviously Ted Lasso in a sense. Like it's an American guy. Like yeah. well, here's here comes an Avenger buying this team, and then they actually got out of that league. You know, they got a long way to go. But yeah. how exciting is that? I mean, it, it's good. All of these things are really good. You know, like we're we're all Americans, obviously, and we we for most of our lives have taken shit about our what my favorite game. I mean, I love yeah. I like football, I like hockey, I like American basketball. I mean, I like these sports, but man, since I fell in love with soccer, I mean, I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning to watch a game. I would never get up at five o'clock in the morning to watch 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 a football game. Like you're just not going to do that. But soccer, I'll get up at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. it to me. It is football is life for me. Like it's been such a part of my life as a dad, um, you know, as a as a son, watching grandpa come to the games, watching you boys play and all your friends grow up watching it. But then all these other moments, like again, yesterday for me, I, I remember watching you, you know, Chelsea win the champion Champions League with you and how emotional it was for you. And then yesterday for me and Christian, like how emotional it was for us. Like I finally my team finally won. The, I mean, obviously we won Premier League. You guys have won Premier League too. But this was the – I finally won like the world, you know, that European championship. That's just like America winning the World Cup, I think, for – you know what I mean? Like it's like winning the the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. I don't have that in, as, a, as an NFL fan. I don't have that as a hockey fan. I don't have that as a basketball fan. But Way I have it us. now as my – but I have that now as my – the team that I've followed for over 12 years, you know, almost yeah. 13 years. Well, not only Man City, I mean, winning the Premier League, winning the Champions League, winning the FA Cup. I mean, they yeah. talk about a sweep. They they did it all. Yeah. I mean, there's not much there's not much more they can do. No, I mean, it's it's amazing and it and it and it's and it's not like it looked easy. No. No. It was that there was definitely times of the season where it was difficult. I mean, you were like you said earlier, you were down after or going into the World Cup on Arsenal and Arsenal. I mean, I, I, I said 
all along. Maybe you did. just it's just a bias of being a Chelsea fan and hating Arsenal. I oh, said, for sure. I said these guys are not gonna they're not gonna hold this together. I'm like they don't have the experience of winning it of Premier League before. Half of them are 22 years old and, and probably going out after games on the weekend. I'm like they're gonna get an injury or something. And Jesus got injured in the World Cup and that didn't slow him down initially, but. It took him a while for him to get integrated, and when he started playing again, he didn't light up the world or anything. Right. So I'm like, Arteta's never had a title challenge before. I mean, he, he was Pep's assistant at City for a few years, but it's different when you're the one calling the shots every week and week out. Yeah. So I was like, they're going to collapse, and I and that's and I like I said, I think one of the things that Pep has is he brings that pedigree of I've done this before. There's nothing in this game I haven't won from what I've coached at this point. I know how to like persevere and. I think that's such a big deal, especially when you're down. Like, okay, well, we're, what are we going to do? They're playing perfect. I mean, yeah. People, it was they were they only lost or they didn't win like three games of the first like half of the season. I mean, Liverpool they were like sixteen and zero the one year they won the league, and that was. I mean, obviously they fell apart too eventually, but they they after they already won the league. But so. Liverpool even like I mean you know even if you're not a Liverpool fan, you got to admire what they did in the second half of the season because yeah. they stunk. They were they could not, and then they really had a really nice run at the end to get themselves back in the Champions League, right? Uh, no, they just they, oh, just they came ju- up short. They, they came still, up even, short. Just to have Europa League, so even yeah. if they so let's say they have another rough season next year, they have another shot at Champions League if right. if all if all For sure. fails. So I think they'll be back next year. I think it's just a bad. Was a bad year. So, what do you them, think? But... We get another. We get another show. <laughs> we get another show. Absolutely. Are, are we getting what? What do you think? You think it's going to be an FC the Richmond way? What do you think? You think we're getting a spinoff? What are we going to get? I think just the fact that they they changed the name of the book to, from the Ted Lasso way or the Lasso way, Trent Crimsbrook, and called it the Richmond way. It's it's just a, it's it. There's going to be a spinoff. In fact, if you look at season three, it was it was almost like they were slowly but surely writing Ted off. And letting yeah. everybody else develop their characters, letting Roy. De- I mean, you saw you saw it was going to go one of two ways. They were either going to bring Nate back and have him as the as the head coach, or Roy was just going to slot in. You easily saw Beard staying and and keeping. I, 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 I said to him, I we and I had a lot. Too. We always have like these post game, you know, post episode discussions. Yep, these can, and my wife and, and, and I do too. And uh, you know, Willis. Like so, for example, you know. Um, you know, early in the second season, he says, and what you talking about, Willis, which I never thought is that was his name. And I'm still not sure if that's his name. But then when he says to him, I love you, too, Willis, on the on the on the plane. But we said that we said we said Beard's got to stay oh, like for Beard. Sure. And, and he's got to let Beard go because he's got this like, you know, I owe you everything. And he's like, but now you got to go live your own life. You that's, don't know me. That was anything one of the things else. I really liked about the 11, or episode 11, like mom said, he in this season was. That we finally found out why, like, Beard is so loyal to Ted. Now, that's another thing I was going to ask. Do you think that's the real story? I think or that's is that the real like story. Another, is that another no, one No, I think that's the real story. I think I think it's on brand with, with Beard because he's kind of like this anomaly. Like, he's he's kind of like – he's in this weird area that we don't really understand, fully understand him. And we don't know everything about him. He's kind of like this weird, like, gray area in a way. As much as we do know about him in the present, we don't really know – much about him, and obviously, you know, it could have just been as simple as that they were friends. And um, but, but the that speech that, that he gives is such a great moment for him as an actor when he's there talking to Nate. And he tells him, like, you know, he, you know, he forgave me. I stole, I stole whatever from him. Yeah, and he I stole me. a loaf of meth. You know, like he stole he, his car and yeah. like crashed his car, and the you police know, were going to arrest him. And then he gave him me, like, and, and he gave, you know, like he's like, oh, it's like out of Les Mis, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and but it it is, and he's like, you know, and I, and then. 
I just love when he gets off, how he gets himself off the plane. And because he's like, I don't know if they're going to let you off the plane. And he goes like, he just backed me here. And he's like, and then he just does, he goes, goes crazy. He's like, wrong. he's like, it's on the other side. He's like, yep. thank you. He goes, ah, and he like switches sides. <laughs> says, ah. But that, that was yeah. a perfect way to get him off the plane. There are so but. many things that they can do, which I originally wasn't sure there was. And as I thought about it, you know, like there's still a lot to figure out with Roy, with, with Roy Kent. In terms of him finding himself as a person, in I terms agree. of who's going to end up with Keeley, if anybody's going to end up with Keeley, you know, like, um, you know, there's there's still some stuff with Jamie to be done, you know, um, some of the other characters, I think they're going to have a harder time, uh, you know, like I think Rebecca is in a really cool spot, so I, you know, what are the challenge? How do they keep bringing new challenges in for them? Because otherwise, it's you know, they can't just all be happy, but they also have to find and 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 we talk about this. You got to have new players. Like, so I don't think we'll see all these players back. Because right. teams that keep yeah. the same players never can, they don't, they're not good. Like you, you have to change out. So I think it's, they do have the ability to maybe Sam's gone or something and bring in a new character, you know, so they can work him in. And, and what's her face is back in there as the counselor. She like works for them right. again. And so I think there's a lot of stories to be told. And I, I mean, we'll get a cameo. If they bring it back, we'll get a, we'll get a Zoom call to cameo oh, yeah. from Tad or, sure. or him and the kid will show up at a game. Yeah. And I think we're going to find out he's back together with his wife. I mean, because, you know. Yeah. I was going to say that, too. I, I like how they did, and I was reading some of uh, uh, Brendan Hunt's uh, Beard's uh, comments, how he was saying that they left it open. They left it ambiguous just to see where it goes yeah. or, or on purpose. I don't know. That's another thing. I think it's. I think everybody would be like, we want the schmaltzy. Oh, they're back together. Right. But at the same time, they're they're two different people yes. now. They obviously yeah. love each other. I think that's the family dynamic. But I think it's. But it's almost. Did you like, want to crawl through the TV and punch the doctor? What's his face in the face when he's sitting there not caring about, like ripping on the game when it's like you know, even if you you know you're going to be this kid's stepdad and you aren't supporting his interest. Get the out of here. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm 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 both proud and a little ashamed of myself. There were times like during that whole sequence or whatever where Vicky had to like grab me on the shoulder, and be like, "Relax, calm down." <laughs> but, like it's just a TV show. Like he's not like the I'm, only like, prediction sure, I had. You, like what are you doing? Uh, my only prediction that didn't come fruition on this. I not that I predicted everything, but I had some like things that I thought might happen. I really thought that Ted was going to end up the Kansas City coach in MLS. I thought that he was going to end up taking over as the coach for, or like Rebecca was going to buy whatever. What's the Kansas City team called? Uh, Sporting Kansas. Sporting Kansas. City. I was like going to be surprised if like Rebecca buys the the you know the MLS team and like all right Ted you're not here but I'm gonna I want you to do what you did here in in Kansas City because you're there anyway well that's why with the whole psychic (laughs) thing I thought and they kept going with the green matchbook green matchbook right I'm like and I was convinced I'm like those two are gonna get together I was like I know it doesn't make a ton of sense with the story but those two are gonna get together and she's gonna have the instant family with with Henry and the son and she's either he's gonna convince her to go to the states or he's gonna bring her here well she was at the airport I thought she was going first. I generally thought she was yes. getting on the plane and going with them for a second. Well, they misdirected you twice really yeah. well in that episode where like Ted comes in in the morning and it's like, oh my god, they it's oh no wait they just all crashed at the house. But when she when mm-hmm. he fr- well, what you want to talk about it? What happened last night? Like wait wait what wait oh, what? I jumped yeah. out of my you're seat. Like, what? I, was, I, was I like, jumped what? out of the couch. I was like, so, I told you, I told you, I told you. And then you're like, oh nope, we were wrong. 
that but it was, but that was, was them knowing what's happening on social media about the show. Like they're yeah. paying oh, attention sure. what we are talking about because they totally they totally are paying it. And shows that are smart pay attention to what happens on social media and they they work it. They make fun of you some way and somehow yeah. making sure that they, that you're caught up in that too. They you know they know it. They know how lucky they are. They oh, all yeah. those actors and writers you know they all talk about how fortunate they are. And you know. I, I love it how the fact that I don't know if you guys notice at uh, Ola's when Sam's restaurant gets destroyed or whatever, and the ch- the sign changes from green to orange. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, that's their way of saying that Sam and Rebecca are not like I, they're not getting I back agree. together. Like okay. that's that's their separation. I mean, I could be wrong on that. But yeah. I thought that if they did that intentionally, I thought that was a clever way. I thought we were going to see more with, with Sam and his and his like head chef. Like I, thought, I did too. I thought I did that too. was going to be, and maybe that's something they address in the spinoff more. Is that is that Sam like you know he sees Rebecca with the Dutch guy, and and I think that's one of the things we'll see too is Rebecca struggling to to be in a relationship again and trying to be a mother because she doesn't know how to. She's never done it before. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that if they do a spinoff that's going to be addressed in, in I can story. see a lot of fun conversations between her and Roy. Yeah. like Because Roy's got that cool relationship with his niece, which right. is just one of my favorite things on that whole that's show. That's awesome. Like I just thought – I mean I was actually – I was mad. Remember I said that we haven't seen the niece and then and they finally the brought episode. the niece yep. the next episode. And I was like, oh, because that birthday party is just hilarious. It's just so good. And she – and they, they all say that she's like the best actress on the show. They, they all joke about how good she is as a little kid. And I didn't you know? realize the doctor that took care of uh, Sharon nurse, was Roy's sister. Yeah. I didn't realize well, I don't think we were supposed to know no, that. I think I'm, that was just someone – that may not even have been a thing that we were supposed to realize at that moment. I don't that, think so. We that, knew that she was in, like worked in the hospital, but we didn't. Yeah. We had no way of knowing that this random nurse. Was but when when Roy's they're sister. sitting there and Jamie says something about, it, he's like, "Don't you think about it? Yeah, like, don't you think about talking to my sister?" If, the, if that was something they they went into, is that that Jamie ends up dating? I Roy's thought they sister. were going to go yeah. that way because there's I, the whole Marty and there's the whole Marty and Mike yeah. <laughs> analogy. Well, not only that, but that that swings the door open where okay, yeah. Jamie's with Roy's sister, Roy's with Keely. Like, that's what yeah, I was going to say. I'd almost feel like that's – as much as they are like friends – Roy and, and Jamie are friends now or or whatever you want to call them is is that's his way of getting back at Roy for Roy getting Keely is that <laughs> is that he – with his sister – he goes and, and starts like hanging out with his sister as a joke and then he ends up actually really liking her. Yeah. And then it gets like – you know, the media finds out that Jamie's dating his manager's sister and – There's so many great just, moments in that last episode too like stuff like that like when when you see Jamie with his dad. Like that yeah. was really amazing. Like that, you know, like it, Now that's one thing. Was that a rehab place? Was that yeah. where like where he I got beat up as a fight? Yeah. No, no, I cuz it, it seemed like his, you know, when when his when the guys the dad's friends are there and they're all applauding for Jamie and it's like um you know, I wish his dad would have been here. I thought maybe the dad had died. But then we see the thing where Roy's yeah. where he's there and it's clearly an alcoholic rehab place. But you can the only reason he's I, finally I, getting the help that he needs. The only question I wonder why it's rehab is he just looks like and I get it, you're going through rehab, you're going but he just looks like it was almost like when he got in that fight, um after the, the beard episode where yeah, they go all right. beard, where the guy like clocks him. I thought like maybe he got like some kind of like uh, 
like debilitating injury. Yeah. And he's now like at a Oh, that's possible. That's, I, the that's other thing it I could just be just cuz he looked a little he looked a little off. Yeah. He looked like a little almost like He looked uh, a lot thinner and stuff too. So yeah. I didn't know if maybe they were trying to like make it feel like maybe he has some other disease too, like cancer. Yeah, and that's like, what I thought maybe he had like some a big, kind of he's like in some uh, assisted, assisted yeah. living kind of place. Some now. kind of that's, like that. That's what I thought, like an know, assisted living. I mean, you could be right. I never thought of that, but I because he lost he looks so he looks so different. That maybe the maybe something would happen to the actor and they worked in something that the actor is going on with the actor. Yeah, they do like, that a lot with TV shows. Like and even when he's you know, clapping, like at the game, it looks like just like a slow clap. You can't right. tell if he's just sad, if he's happy, or if he's just that's as much emotion right. as I can show now. But even, no matter what it was, like that 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 all of this is working out. Yes, you know, and um, I don't know. Just there's just so many just amazing things about it. Like I don't know, even like the the growth of Ted. Uh, of Krim, uh, of I love what they did with his you character. Know, like, I, I that scene when he comes up, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. You've been trying it for like he, he does that. He does a whole like wrap up of the whole show, and like he's yeah. the only one who didn't realize it. What the yep. whole show is about. He's like, it's gonna work, Ted. It's gonna work. Or even when he's watching Ted read the book, and Ted gives that little. Huh. He's like, oh, you do laugh, but it's not till <laughs> page forty three, and it's not even really that funny. Like, what the hell are you doing? But I love his notes on the front of the book. He's don't change a thing except yeah. the name. And then Beard, how he had like millions yeah, of like notes. There's like posts shit like that. Mm-hmm. He's like instantly like critiquing it when he gives it to him. Mm-hmm. Oh. There's just so many moments that are going to live on for is memes and that we will rewatch. I mean, the dart scene in the first season, you yeah. know, well, barbecue sauce. Like just like well, there's just a... you know, and that qu- like that whole scene. Like people have been underestimating, like you know, be inquisitive, not judgmental. Like everybody knows that quote now. Mm, you know, yeah, and it's just, and that's what I mean. It's, and I could see them going with a spinoff and doing five or six more years. I could see them cutting it there and just hey, this was a three season, but there's just there's so much more to this show like i feel like it's almost like the first three or four seasons of seinfeld were okay they were good but seasons five six seven eight like they but i don't were, want that last great. season of seinfeld which isn't great season nine the last season's yeah, not great once uh once um the co-writer left once um larry david once larry david not that the last season's bad but it almost you can see why like he seinfeld definitely learned like we got to end it now because it's losing its. its well, he didn't want to stay that. around too long, and I think these guys all realize that. Um, well, they know. wrote that last season like a last season. I mean, yeah. they kind of part of it was just they were burnt out. The other part of it was like, well, whatever. We got a buttload of money. We're ending after this year, anyways. Well, the actress, what's it, Waterman, Waterman, what, what, uh, Waddington. She's like, I'm going to lock him in a basement and tell him yeah. to write something. <laughs> well, this like, is this you is know. this is my my take on it. Is uh, Apple TV's had some successful shows. Like they have the one with Harrison Ford. I think Shrinking is what it's called. And like, yeah. A lot of people like that. Which is show, written but... by, which is written by the guy who plays it's by Roy Boy Kent. Kent. Yeah. yeah. Like that's he wrote that show. But they don't have anything nearly as popular on Apple no. TV as Ted Lasso. And I think what they're gonna, I think Apple TV is gonna be like, listen, like, what do you guys want? Like, we need, here's, we need, here's a blank check. Yeah. I, here's like, here's the truck of dumb blow to money that's going to show yeah, up at Jason's yep. house. And it's like, even if you just co-create this with someone and find the writers. We need you to come up with something. We, even if you don't want to take a take a year break. They already tweeted come, a picture of of the of Roy Beard and Nate as the new coaches with the new track suits on, and said that's what this, I mean. this like looks like potential loss. Like they already they already have acknowledged the fact that listen, like we know the fans want more. 
most of the actors want more. It's seemingly like like Brendan Hunt or John plays Beard. Like he went on, I can't remember what show it was. He goes, I think there's 20 spinoffs we can tell. Just making sure we do the right one and we have a story yeah. arc that we actually <laughs> like. And well, it's funny because I'm a big Star Trek fan, and they did a whole Picard show, and you know. The third season of Picard was the show that everybody wanted, and it was really funny because at the end they do what sets up to be a spinoff of that, and everybody wants that. And and they're still like, we're all waiting for Paramount to say, listen, people started a petition, like you know, there's like a hundred thousand signatures, like please give us the spinoff that we want, and it, it would be really big for that for Paramount, you know, like is a great way to continue that franchise. And I think like people should almost do the same thing on Apple, like listen. I mean, I, and it's an, and obviously it's a much more popular show than anything that Star Trek's done. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, but I mean, I think like everybody would tune in. But I think they're going to, if they do it, it's going to be done. They're going to take their time and do it right. I agree. I, I agree. And I think though, with sports too, especially with if you look at all the players, I mean, Sam's young, Jamie's young, uh, Collins. They're all. It, it's almost like they've got like a core group. So you could keep that core group of young players, like you right. said before. Obviously, throw in a change of player here, yeah. change of player there, but you can. But he's keep an, that, having keep a player that that's got an injury together, that has to get to Herman. But like, there's a lot of good stories that can happen that they all have to find that way to put that positive. That they have to keep that that dramatic but that comedic positivity spin on it, which is what they're so good at. Which is why it's like you just want to watch the show. Like, yeah, I think like like an injury would be a good way they could they could add something in. Is like. Is Jamie tears his ACL in preseason or something? Yeah. So he's trying to figure some like stuff because uh, he doesn't and he doesn't know what to do without without playing. So he's trying to figure out what to do in his time and, and how he can still be a part of the team and be a leader in the locker room. And then they bring in, let's say, they bring in a new guy to play Jamie's role, and he's just as good, if not better. So now he's kind of watching this guy not take his job because I mean they could make him Jamie play wherever and they would, they would try it, but. He's watching this guy take his job almost. I mean, I know that's kind of what they did with Zav in a way. Yeah. Um, but they have a guy like playing that that conductor role in the the total football system, and he's trying to just get back from. He's going through rehab and trying to get back. Like, there's so many ways they can make it work. I, I don't see how they end up just doing oh, nothing. No. You can you can go with this show easily, easily at least another five six years. I mean, I and I think there's, I think at that point you wouldn't even be stretching at all for story. As life. long as you got the right writers, and I watch a lot of you know traditional TV shows, and you can tell when shows lose their writers, yeah, like shows that I really liked, and then you can just tell when the writers in the room change because there's like that character never would have said that in previous right. years, and and that's sometimes what happens. You know, people move on, they get other projects, but I think the different thing is with this show, unless they're all faking it. Is that they all really liked working together? Yeah, absolutely. And I think and they'll all come. They I think out. most of them would come back unless something happens that they're so big that they just can't do it. Honestly, you know? I'd be surprised if they if they did a redo of the show. Say they signed on for two more years, three more years. I'd honestly be surprised if um, everybody besides besides Sudeikis didn't come back. Like I could see, yeah. he'll I could be the, see every character. Well, I could see him Jason. being the executive producer of the show. Yeah, so he's going to make a ton of money off of it because he still owns it, so to speak. Right. Yep. And he and with the with the promise that he'll make you know a couple of Zoom call guest appearances. Yeah, whether it's with Nate, whether it's with Roy, whether it's just talking a beard. Either that, or, or they just flashback. Yeah. Like instead of having yeah. a, 
they'd have their their beard version of episode, but back home with him coaching. Right. Oh yeah, we might get a one off yeah. with Ted yeah. at home, or him, you know, hooking up with another football team. Yeah, like that. Yes. All of a sudden, it's it's three years, and his his kids playing high school sports or college sports or. Well, mm-hmm. I said like theoretically what they could do at some point too if they really wanted to, Ted to be back in England. And they just make they have like Ted, Michelle, and and all Henry of them move England. in. Yes, is that, he gets into the academy. Is that Henry gets into to Richmond's academy team, and then like he ends up being that good at, the, yep. at soccer, and he becomes the academy, and then they he ends up coming back over. If they do and, something like that, I almost think that's how they would end it. Yeah, where well, Ted's going back to. I mean, that almost like we would never actually see it, but he's going yeah. back to. He's going back to because he joins the because the son makes it into the and they, academy. And they make Ted, Ted like the academy coach <laughs> or something. Like, yep. I could see something really cute like that happening. Like yeah. I, you know, I I think that's what I love about the show because they'll whatever whatever they come up with will be better better than anything any of us can think of. Right. Oh, for sure. And you're like, oh my god, they're so much smarter than me. Like because they actually thought of it, you know, and then they found a way to make it like to implement it. Well, too. I mean, that that was my initial uh, like skepticism to watch the show. I I said to him, I'm like. It's like the goofiest commercial I've ever seen, and I loved the commercial when it came out when they when they got it. But I was just like, "How are they going to turn this into an entire show?" Little did I know it'd be my favorite show ever. Oh, for sure. But it's just like I I didn't see that. Like I mean, obviously this is why I'm not a a, a TV show writer, but you know, I that's what I'll say is it's like it is funny like how they took this ridiculous premise that is 12 years old now. Like yeah, that show, that commercial from twelve years ago when yeah. NBC got the Premier League. That's how long ago that show, that commercial came out, and I still love that commercial. I, I still because again, it's like it's so not, but but that's why I thought there was that not about offside had to be there in that yeah. light episode because that's one of those greatest moments in the commercial. Like you know, like <laughs> you explain to me why that's offside. No, like actually, I don't understand. But even like also like him not understanding, even though we knew he did, like. Uh, explain to me the Champions League. What's the Champions League? Like, you know, because that's almost like how many countries are in this country? Four. Yeah. You know, like, I love those lines. It's so smart. And But if you go back and you watch that commercial, you realize how, like, him and Beard, what smart writers they are. Like, they're oh, incredibly yeah. smart, like, you know, and, and, and even their own growth of really not understanding the sport and now they love the sport. Well, Beard's kind of known it for a while because, he, like, he said that, um, he lived in the Netherlands when he was in like early 2000s, like oh, when okay. Arsenal had Burkamp. Um, oh, that's why he's an okay. Arsenal fan because he was in the Netherlands, okay, and the guys he became friends yeah. with were all were all big guys, like fans or, or or soccer fans or whatever. And they said if you want to fall in love with the sport, go watch Dennis Burkamp play. Mm-hmm. So he started watching Arsenal games because of Dennis Burkamp, and then obviously he just well, got we were when we went sport. to Europe in 2015. When 2016. 2016, we went, and time. we were there when Roy, Cro- uh, when Jean Croft died, Jean Croft died, and so just by accident, obviously, we and we ended up, we already had tickets to uh, an international friendly between, you know, um, Netherlands and France, Netherlands and France, and we were there, and then what, what was the jersey number sixteen or something? Uh, fourteen. Fourteen at the fourteenth minute when the whole place just set up in celebration. Like, I have the video of it. For, so it's for, like, for you know, like That'd for awesome. their Michael Jackson. I mean, like yeah. or, or whoever their their because he be was beyond soccer. You know, Johan Croft was beyond. He was so much a part of the culture of that country. Like, what an honor for us just to be there as Americans yeah. to realize like how important this guy is to that culture. I mean, he's I mean, Michael Jackson. He's 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 Michael Jordan. He's LeBron. He's everything an athlete is and more because he's also like he's also because he's politically active. He's also 
Muhammad yeah. Ali. Like he's so much. Like he was such an identity for he that was a country. Great coach too. Great like, coach. I mean, he's. Yeah. I didn't like. I I understood how much he like he was, but like he's probably the greatest Dutch athlete of all time. So. I mean, especially for that small of a country, like a guy that did that much and across the sport and just for the country in general. And But he was outspoken, like, too. Yeah. Like he was outspoken about politics and, and, and everything. Right. So, I mean, that like that. What are, so you can see, like, for these countries, what these players and these teams, what these teams mean to them. Oh, for which sure. Is covered perfectly. You know, like, you know, I was in Chicago a couple weeks ago. And before I went, we kept talking about, like, Dad, you're going to Wrigley Field, right? And I'm like... Because even if you don't like baseball, you got to respect Wrigley yeah. Field. Like I've been, I'm going, I'm going to try to get down there when I go my next trip. But it's like I want to go see it. Not that I'm a baseball fan. I can't name ten baseball players, but it's it is it's Wrigley Field. I yeah. mean, you know, it's like it's like yeah. going to Stamford Bridge. I mean, right. it's the same thing to me. Like th- these sports mean something to these communities. Oh, for you know? sure, and that's why I thought they they wrapped it up. And then we'll get into our hot seat questions. But I thought Rebecca wrapped it up perfectly during her speech when they were doing the Akufu League, right? And she just said, "Oh, that like, was great!" Like, just yeah. stop it. This is this isn't you know this is the city's team. This is why would you ever want to take away these teams exactly. from these people? This has been here long before you guys got here. This will be long before. Like, like, stop it. You've made enough money. Right. What are what are you doing? Yeah. And it's just, it's so true. It's, it's no, I just that was great. In, intertwined yeah. in the community. It's their city's identity yeah. for a lot of these smaller cities. Yeah. But, all right, we're going to get into our hot seat questions. We'll try to make them uh, Ted Lasso related. <laughs> okay. But uh, you guys can come up with questions too. We, okay. you know, we've gotten to the point where we just do, it's five questions from anybody. And I'm going to come up with the simplest question. Uh, favorite Ted Lasso character? Favorite, whether it's whether it's the season one version, the season two version, a combination of all three seasons. Um, mine, I'm torn between two, between either uh, Jamie or Roy. But I'm going to go with Jamie. I loved the way they, like just how they developed his character from turning him into the typical just the soccer diva, get away from me. Like, I'm not the teammate. Just just to all of a sudden, just the exact opposite end of the spectrum. I love what they did with his character. I think there's so much more they can do with his character. I'm going with Jamie Tart. I, I just love him. Although Isaac was a yeah. was a strong second for me, but I love right. Jamie Tart. I... I'm on. I think I'm on the same page as you. Literally, like word for word. I think after seasons one, season one, I think Roy's the best character. Season two, I think Roy's the best character still. And this season, I'm like, Jamie kind of stole the show. And I'll I'll be really surprised if if Phil Dunster doesn't win the Emmy this year too. Agreed. I I people were like crawling out for it. To, I know he got nominated last season, but I I, I mean, it's just it's the typical. You know, like he's the jerk. Like nobody likes him. Like he's like this. But we've seen it so many times. Like I mean, I think the more recent examples, like Steve from Stranger Things, is like a perfect example of yep. of a, how to do that that kind of story arc really well. But I think the how well they do Jamie's arc. I I, I think this season Jamie blows everybody else out the water in terms of perf- I mean, even just like performance. I think Phil Dunster just took it to another level this this season. So I think through season one and two, Roy's my favorite character, and then season three, I think Jamie kind of. Became my fa- like I think it, Jamie th- or season three Jamie's probably my my favorite character on the show. I'm gonna I got it. It's down to two. Um, I, I would have to say obviously because I'm a dad with a whistle. I'm I love Ted Lasso because I I actually identify him as a father 
you know, as a, you know, you know, I, there's so many things within that character that parallel me in so many ways. So emotionally, I'm tied to Ted Lasso as a person because uh, I feel like he is the teacher that I w- want to be. And I think that I was in so many ways. I think people, hopefully my students think back on me the way I think the characters think of him. But if I couldn't pick him because it's too easy, I think I'd go with Hannah Waddington because she's so she's good. another one. I her love story what they arc, do her character, her, man, like. You should hate her, but you love her the same way Ted does. Yeah. And, it kind and you of, want to bring her biscuits every day. Like, you, you know, like you, she's just, especially the, who she becomes by the end when she gives yeah. that speech that you already mentioned. Like, you know, like talk about an actress that deserves some freaking recognition oh, for, you for know, sure. and, and her love of what she's done. She's like, I'll play the character until I'm old and gray. So I, I actually am going to go with like, probably I'll go with her just because like, we kind of forget about how important her character is too. And a lot of ways she's almost kind of like the Jamie Tart version, like the female sure. Jamie Tart yeah. where you hated her in season one. You're yeah. like, just get out. And then, I mean, by the end you absolutely love her. She's another one. That's like, she fantastic. can't believe that he forgives her. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, so she un- she's like, what, why? Like, yeah. You know, and then she's forever changed by him. And that's pretty cool. And, you know, to have that. So I, I think she just deserves like, she deserves so much more in her career now for, for her performance. But I love her character. Her characters are so great because she, she gets so tough and she goes through so many different journeys. And to see her with that happy ending, I'm you know, it looks like a happy ending with the guy she met and the kid and all that stuff. Absolutely. Is what she, you know, like give her that opportunity. So, All right. Question two. All right. I'll go with another one. Sort of like a, uh, a Ted Lasso one. But uh, if you could be in any Premier League, if you could be either a player um, the coach or the manager or like up in the front office where you're making p- personnel decisions and like getting, you know, buying players, loaning players, whatever, which person would you be? The athlete, the coach, or the, the general manager, the guy in charge? I think the most fun one would be being the player. I mean, I, you just get the, you get the play in front of crowds. You just get the experience of being on a team. Um, I always said, like, as much as I love playing, I think I would want it going to being the manager over anything. Because, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on you, obviously. Like, there's no there's no job in, in sports where there's not a lot of pressure on you. Um, but I just think I would enjoy being – I almost enjoy the tactical side of the game as much as I enjoy the playing side of the game. So I think, I've like, for me, like, I once I have a more set schedule, I want to get into coaching more and – and you know, trying to do not not coaching that high of a level, probably, but I think I would probably choose manager out of the three. As much as I would love to be a player, I think manager would probably be my choice of the three. Okay, you want to go? Or you want me to go? Uh, I'm ready. You can go if you want, or you need a you need. A I'm, uh, having done a lot of high pressure things for so many years, I'm going to say the kit man. Let me be. <laughs> let me be the kit man. I just want to be around these dudes. I just want to be around them. Yeah. I just want to see the shit. When I watch the, uh, you know, what's those shows that they do with the behind the scenes of all the things? Uh, the, the, the all or nothing. All or nothing, nothing the shows. Always nothing because they yeah. pick teams that don't. Well, win the city one was great because yeah. that's the only one I've ever really watched. I watched one of the basketball ones. I forgot they did a city. one. The city yeah. one I loved because I loved their relationship with the kick guy. They love the kick guy. Like yeah. they, they, they just, every team. That's how every team though, because Chelsea's kick guy is like the same. I would thing. love to be the kick guy. Just give them what they want. These guys like just here's your freaking shoes. I cleaned them. Here's your thing. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure nothing happens to your stuff. I'd love to have the lope. I mean, that's a very pressure job. 
because you can't screw it up. But I'd love to just be the guy around, no responsibilities, just be a part of the journey. But Even it, on a crappy team, see, I think it would yeah. be a lot of fun. I would say the kit guy has the most pressure because if you like mess up somebody's cleats, if you mess up somebody's jersey, if you don't put oh, their, for sure. especially if you get superstitious players, where if you don't set yeah. their locker the right way, yeah. like you're gonna. Get it's a probably a terrible locker. job, but I don't, I'd also think like on those days when they actually are when they have those moments to be the kit guy, what they do to that poor dude, like I oh, think that'd yeah. be great, you know. Because, like, you know. Well, I mean, like, you always see them. Like, they always get the party with the team in the locker room. And, like, yeah. I know Chelsea's guy was, like, it was it's, every kick guy, like, for the Premier League is always, like, a 60-year-old guy. Or he's a guy that's been there for, <laughs> yeah. for 40. Like, he's been there since he was 20 years old. And, they, and they've kept the same guy all this time. And the, and there's a strange like, level of respect. Like, you probably, oh, yeah, like, sure. the older guys that have been around with that guy, like, they're like, listen, that's the dude. Like, like if you yep. come in and you're a jerk, yeah. I bet you there's a lot of, like, you're gonna, there's going to be guys well, that's what, that's in that locker room that are going to be like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. You mess with him yeah. and you're yeah. done. Well, that's what you're was toast. good about the uh, the Zava thing, saying I'm going to address the, the most important man in the room. He's like, where's the kit man? Because every player loves the kit man, I, f- I feel yeah. like, for every team. Because, like, Chelsea's guy, like, literally took his shirt off and was like, it was just like pouring beer on himself, like when they won the Champions League. He was like trying to chug beer, but it was just overflowing in his mouth, and just pouring <laughs> everywhere. Like, right. what are you he's doing? Like belly slides in the locker room and stuff. Who's your dude? Um, for me, I agree with Zach. It'd be fun to be a player. Um, I'm gonna go. The, I'd I'd love to be the owner. Like I'd love to be the guy in charge of everything. Just I, I feel like at this point, I mean, I I think being the manager, being the the coach, would be. Stellar would be amazing. You get the tacticians, you get the this. But I think even at this point, um, I mean, I've I've been the coach. It's fantastic. Obviously not at a premier level. But um, I think I always thought it would be cool just to be the guy that gets the players, be the guy that hires the manager, be the guy that hires, like, all right, this isn't working. Let's see. Okay, let's see if we get this guy out and bring this guy in. What can I do where we're at? We're like sitting third at the table is there a guy out there that I can either make a transfer for or bring in or somewhere that can get us over the top? Or this is our third year in a row where we've finished second. What can I do? Do I need a manager change? Do I need, like, I always thought that would be just at this point in my career, that would be like the next level. Yeah, Creating a culture that players want to come to. would be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And just keep it going. Okay. We won the title this year. How do I win next year? How do I win another year? Are we getting stagnant? Cool. That would be me. Yeah. But plus at this point, I've kind of become a control freak too. So yeah. whatever. All right. Question three. Either of you guys got one? You got question three? Uh, <laughs> I was going to do the opposite. i say, who's your least favorite character? In, in oh, okay. So, you got one? I, mm. See, I, this, this might be like a uh, – I know, I've seen like people getting mad about the people saying that this was their least favorite character online. I can't stand Michelle, Ted's ex-wife. Because as yeah, much as yeah, as much yeah. as he's as as Jake is worse because he he was the one that like kind of was planting the seed for them to get divorced and stuff and, uh, yeah. and try to get Ted this other ways. The fact that she even entertained him to me is just like terrible. So it's almost I almost don't want them to end up together again because it's just like I don't think she deserves it. I don't think she deserves Ted. Um, but that's kind of that was kind of my take. Is I think it's almost. Just, just bad, if not worse, that she entertained the person that kind of split, got them to split up, than than he was for trying to split up because he had feelings for her or whatever. I agree. It's and a lot of people, a lot of people have made that, or I've even said it. It it almost seems like he went out of his way to make her that 
despicable of, a, of an yeah. ex because of what right. he went through with who's the actress Olivia Wilde that he was dating yeah. or that was the, that was, that the was, mother of the kid. Yeah, I don't know if they were ever married, but um, they they went through their split um, around that time. I think when that when that episode was coming or that season was coming out. Yeah, there were. A lot, I, I'm gonna have to go ahead and say Michelle too, because there were a lot of episodes. Be like, wow, she just did him dirty. Yeah. Or even when he's going through in season, like she had literally, at least judging from the timeline, it looked like she had just sent out the papers, and it's like, right. did you sign him? Did you sign him? Yeah. Did you sign him? Are you gonna sign him? Can you right. sign him, please? Like, wow, just give him, give him a minute. Right. Like, and obviously, like you know, like you can. There's a lot of people to choose from because I mean, you could choose Ripper for all the terrible things he's done to, to women and everyone in general. I mean, you can choose Nate at the end of season two just because of how much, like, he, he breaks he your heart did in the a coach way. Dirty. Yeah, you can choose Shandy just because she's just annoying. Like, there's, I think there's, but like, the, I think what's good about Michelle and Jake, or like Doctor Jacob and Rupert is they do a really good job at making you hate these characters. Yes, like they're they're so good at what they do, and and like they've talked about like it's so funny because. Because, like, they said, like, Rupert's actor is just, like, the funniest, like, goofiest guy ever. But he just does a, such a good job at playing, like, this villainous right. role in the show. He was the evil. He was – there was a lot of Star Wars yeah. references. Yeah, well, he was the evil empire. He yeah. was the, yeah. the emperor. His window and everything. So I got to go with Prince uh, Ed, Edwin Afuko or whatever his name is. <laughs> I hate that guy. I hate him so much. I just hated him. And I know we're supposed to hate him, but I just hate him. I, I he, love I, it. And he never I mean, really – I mean, yeah, Sam gets to join the team, obviously. Like, so they say screw it because Sam scores the goal that wins – you know, like does so. The, it, eventually, the prince doesn't win, but he didn't really lose yet. Yeah. So I want him to. I want him to really. You know, I want him to have a, everybody call him wanker. One, one of my you know, favorite. I want, you know, uh, I want his own country to call him wanker. One of my favorite scenes in the whole show is when he like throws the fit after Sam says he's not going to his team. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then uh, the handshake guy goes to give Sam, uh, Sam a handshake, and he just goes like this. He puts his hand like behind his head, and Sam just like well, seriously, like well, this is what we're yeah. doing. Here? And then they choke the Richmond mannequin yeah. on the way out. Right. It's funny, so yeah, yeah, good. Uh, I I love the fact that Akufu, even when they did the Akufu League or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and after her speech or whatever, everybody like he could tell covered he just in like <laughs> yeah. another one of his fits. Yeah, it's great, you know. All right, I like that question. Question four. What do we got? Anybody? Mm. Um, favorite episode. That's a that's a tricky one because there's so many there's so many good ones. Um. I just watched this the other day. Um, probably the one uh, she's like a rainbow when it gets into Higgins and a little bit of backstory yeah. on his uh, on his wife and their relationship, and also when Roy really joins the coaching staff. Oh, when he comes, oh, he when he, the scene when he comes when he quits the show, mid show, he comes coach. back. He's like, just shut up, he he shut up. Had me had a coach. coach, and even all the stuff <laughs> that he did with with Isaac with McAdoo before yeah. to get him. You know, when he took yeah, him, that's... it's just an effing yeah. game. It's the same game you played as a, like I. That was one of my one of my favorites. I'm gonna go with that one. She's like a rainbow. I think that one's. On my list, I don't think it just gets number one for me. I think it's it's there. I think the episode with like where we meet Zava for the first time this season with with at at Stanford Bridge when they're playing. They're not just because I'm a Chelsea fan. I just think that episode is just phenomenal. Um, I think the Amsterdam one might be my number one. I, I know it's really controversial, but I, honestly, it might be Beard After Hours. 
I it's the so, first time I saw that I such a hated it, but after watching it a few times, I'm like, this is a really good episode. I love episode. it. I love it. I, I don't know. I'll, I remember a couple of my friends and I would go all watch the show. We all watched it, and we're we're just, or they would. I watched it a little bit before them, and they all got there, and they're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, it's like <laughs> we need another beard after hours episode, and so it's probably between the Amsterdam episode and the and the beard one. Just probably the Amsterdam episode though. I think there's just. There's like five storylines going on in, in that episode, and they're all amazing. I mean, you get Roy not like the, the scene with Roy learning how to ride the bike that is was, is, the best, is the best yeah. is the best in the whole up in the show, whole yeah. show. It's just so funny. Them like, becoming friends is such yeah. a great arc because it's like and, them. Oh, it's like that's the day they really become friends. Because yeah. and like even like the small stuff from from like Jamie saying for Granddad, and that's the thing that he called them in the be- like beginning right. when they hated each other, and and like Roy throwing the bike at him, and then they start and like when. Jamie and the bike guy start laughing when he says he doesn't know how to ride a I bike. Never learned and, how to ride a bike. Yeah. And then even like uh, when they're like just arguing about like what food and everything to get, he goes, "We're in Holland. I think we should get Dutch food." And then Mont- Montlor, or however you say his name, the French guy is like, "As a Frenchman, I would rather die." And it's just like <laughs> they're just arguing about everything, and then they just well, everybody to- gets great moments in an episode. Yeah. That's why it's so good. And they like decide to do the pillow fight, which they where you say, "Hey, we have a pillow fight one time. And you'll never ask for movie night again." And then they actually like really enjoy themselves doing the pillow fight. And the whole like lobby is covered in feathers. They, they, that they waste their entire night, yeah, just right. together. Ironically, they just had such a good time because they were together, and that's all that really mattered yeah. anyway. And that's kind of a great. So that's why that episode comes, and it's that moment too where Ted really becomes the coach. Where he finally, even though he's yeah. reinventing something that's already existed, yep. like but he now gets- he really understands it. It's like that analogy: you can't truly, you don't really truly, you it, you're not good at something until you can teach it. And the fact that he has to come up with that, um, and even though Jamie obviously fixes it um, by realizing where his role really best is suited, I mean that's a great episode. But I'm going to go back to season one. I got to go back to the Dart episode because I just yeah, feel yeah. like. That's when you realize who Ted Lasso truly is. Because up until then, he's just kind of he's kind of still fish out of water, and that's the moment where it just all starts to turn. And it's like people have underestimated me my whole life, and I just love that episode um, because of that scene. I think that's one of the best scenes I've ever seen in television because you don't know where we don't know this. We, it's not like we have any hint. It's not, you know, and then he does the whole, oh, I'm left-handed. You know, like, and the whole thing, like, and he just suckers the guy in and and everybody, because even up until that point in the season, even as an audience, we've underestimated him. We don't know truly who he is. And they, oh, shit, this guy's playing chess while we're all playing checkers. And he's like, what do you need? He goes, two triple 20s, she's like, two triple 20s and a bullseye. It's like he almost lets Rupert get ahead and think Rupert's going to win just because he knows he'll hit it if he needs when he needs to. So he literally just lets Rupert get all the way ahead and and thinks Rupert Rupert convinces Rupert that he thinks he's going to win. And then he just goes, triple 20, but he's given like a great monologue as he does it. Yeah, just let me know if I'm winning. Like it's just like when you go back and you watch it, you're like, oh. He just played this guy, and he's had to do this so many times in his life. And I, that you know, the, the you know, be curious, you know, not judgmental. That painting on a wall, Walt Mitman, like that. His simple philosophy that has these little moments in his life. Just and then as we learn so much about him later, about his father playing darts every Sunday with my dad. You know, like that. That is so important to him. Those were those moments that he remembers about his father. Basically, obviously, once we learn so much more about his father, and then. Barbecue sauce. Another another, uh, <laughs> another rogue shot I'm going to throw in is the uh, the FA Cup versus City episode because you have everything for like especially like after like when they get after the game and 
and Jamie's dad comes into the locker room. It's like that's just one of like the hardest hitting scenes in the whole yeah. show. Yeah. And, but the fact that even like they will, they even like, throw a little bit of like humor in it when like Beard throws him out. He goes, "There's the door." Whoops! <laughs> like he just yeah. throws him in the door, and and then Ted leaves and goes calls uh, Doctor Sharon, and we and now we understand where all Ted's trauma comes from and all of his issues because his dad uh, killed himself, and right. and we kind of you finally kind of fully understand why Ted is dealing with things the way he is and why it's you know I mean obviously divorce is hard regardless yeah. for most people. Um, but that it's just why it's that much harder for him to, right. to and why like he says I promised myself I'd never quit anything and, and it's just I think that just such a hard hitting episode and that pull area is just a hard hitting episode and then even Roy going over and giving Jamie the big right. hug I think that's where you like it, I agree Amsterdam that's it's the culmination like that's like they're yeah. brothers now but I think that episode and just that moment was all right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's, that's up there. That's, that's the beginning of their it's journey. Where, yeah. It's where Roy and the whole team forgive him for being the yeah. way he was because they understood. Like, well, they all witnessed this, and we've all yeah. got those people in our lives as players, as teachers, as whatever. Oh, yeah, those people that doubt us in our own lives, the the people that don't support us that should. Yeah. And even know? at the beginning of the episode, when Jamie's watching how um, Sam is interacting right. with his dad just right. over the exactly. phone. Right. And yeah. it's all love, love, you know, joy. And he's, you know, you yep. you already know the way that his dad is, even yep. at the end of even, episode one or sorry, like season the, one. Even like the small detail of like when Roy goes to hug him, like Jamie flinches because he thinks Roy's going to like – he's yeah. just so used to Roy like trying to punch him or just go at him or whatever. Like right. he flinches and then he like he give, gives him a hug instead for, for once. And I mean yep. it's just such no, a, great. it's just such a great way of like – explaining like they do such a good job of explaining why Jamie's the way he was and he really wasn't that what like that's not what he wanted to be but it's just kind of what he ended up being because of how much he hated his dad and we all know we've all coached you know or been on teams where there were those kids around us that are pushed for all the wrong reasons by their parents Mm -hmm. And, and you know you feel bad for those kids and I think we finally got that moment with Jamie that oh okay we got to cut him some slack because all it's been told is that he had to he had to grow up he had to go play for man city you know and he had to be this guy he had to be the best guy on the team he never like how dare you be the guy that passes you don't pass yeah and we all know that guy I we all know that kid yep. we, all, we all coach that kid or played with that kid oh absolutely yeah. i didn't drive all the way to see you pass the ball right right because even like the moment um like when they play man city in the second to last episode where ted walks by the locker room and instead of you know jamie sitting there getting like you know, like boots thrown in by his dad and like yelled at by his dad. He's sitting there like laughing with Roy and Keeley and, and Ted realizes like the impact he's made on him and, and like what, the, and like the different, like what difference two years makes right. from. Well, that him. note that he gives Jamie yeah. like, is really nice too. Like he gives Jamie that note in that one season too. You know, I forget what it says. What there. way to make the extra pass yeah, at like, the end of season right. one. Yeah, after yeah, they that's right. Him. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's after he's already dealt with what he dealt with with his dad. But right. then here's this other guy that that's not holding a grudge against you, you know. Absolutely. You know. All right. Last question. Um I don't want to say this is kind of the same as as your favorite character, but if you could say one character on the show that like I guess encapsulate encapsulates you or would best be like you. Like if, if there was a character on the show that was written about you, which character would it well, be? I already kind of did mine. I, mine is clearly Ted, Ted, just because again, I'm. I mean, even before I knew what Ted Lasso was, 
Like I was already calling myself just, I'm just a dad with a whistle. Like that's a thing I've said. And I mean, how many years did I say that? Yeah. I mean, I always humbled. I always tried to never pretend. I think the thing that I loved about Ted is, and that, which I think I was really good at. I never claimed to be the expert as a coach. I was the manager, but at the end of the day, when you talk about the 10,000 hours and all that stuff that we've all been learning about, about the way kids learn and everything, how dare I say to Zach and his teammates, I know what you guys, how you, no. I, I would go to Zach, his teammates, Joey White, you name them, and say, what do we got to do here? Like, what, what, tell me, you tell me what we can do. And that a lot of, and I feel like a, I was smart enough to realize I had these people, but also that gave level of trust that they knew that I believe that they really were the best. You didn't hear me yelling, go turn. I'm not playing Xbox with, you know, like an Xbox controller when my kids coach, I don't say much because first of all, you can't hear me, but more importantly, I got to let them play the game. My job is to teach them. And I feel like as, you know, that's why I always felt like downplaying my importance is I'm just a dad with a whistle, Um, even though I knew I was more than that. And sometimes people would get mad at me like, come on, man, you play that up too much. But I feel like it created the environment why we got so many kids to join our team over the years because I wasn't just a raving lunatic, you know, (laughs) and I think that's why I feel like I'm so much like Ted. Absolutely. And I'm going to make it as a two-part question. You can answer this afterward, too, but. Also, part of this question, which player would you like to have a beer with? Or not necessarily a player, but which, uh, which character would you like to have a beer with afterwards? Oh, God, that's a tough um, one. I'm going to answer, and maybe this is me. I, I, I'd like to think that I'm more of the Roy Kent, the gruff exterior, but at the same time, the guy that would like – you know, all right, he might be yelling, but at the same time – and it, it's funny because I'll – even at home – uh, Sarah, my stepdaughter, or even Vicky, my wife, like I'll, yeah, I'll get mad. But like this room is a mess. Blah, blah. In fact, one time, her, I think it was her seventeenth birthday. I'm looking. I'm like, Sarah, this room is a mess. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna cancel your birthday. You're not having a birthday this year. No part. And her, her and Vicky, just after I like scream, they just both look at me and they just start laughing. <laughs> they just and Sarah looks at me. Did you just threaten to cancel my? birthday not my party just yeah, like my the whole birthday. thing the dates canceled like, i'm not we're not having a march 5th this year <laughs> so it's like you show that gross exterior but at the that's same time great. you have that, i've been that way as that a dad too so i totally appreciate that yes i'm just like and it was something stupid i'm like just and you just you can't at that point you can't you just now you i just realize when i used to do have those moments in my life as a dad that that was not about my wife or my kids that's a me problem yeah this has got nothing to do with what they're doing this is my problem like and that's I've, I've accepted that in my life that most of the things that i get mad about around the house are things that i just have to adjust they have nothing to do with the people oh for sure that's my problem so that's I think great that's a good point i love that i'd like to say like i'm that that roy kent i'm that that rough gruff and sometimes you got to be as that coach but at the same time Somebody will do something or somebody and you'll just kind of start laughing or you'll just kind of it's just like, OK, so I maybe I'm not as rough or gruff or that old play, but I'm, I'm going to say the Roy Kent character. I think I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go Nate because I, I think at times, especially when I was uh, like playing soccer and stuff, I felt I always I don't know. I, I had this like weird need to like prove myself to people and I kind of grew out of it. And I think that's kind of what Nate did and. Obviously, that's what he realized that after he, you know, got the West Ham job, and he realized he messed up. And I've never had like that kind of moment where I 
you know, I yelled at a coach and said, I, oh, he like abandoned me or whatever. But I felt like I, I felt the need to like prove myself to people as a player and as an athlete and as a student, whenever. And I think I kind of grew out of that eventually and, and learned like, okay, like I have the ability. Like I don't, it doesn't matter what other people think. Like I can just do it. And as long as I can prove it to myself, I think that's all that matters to me. I like that. All right. And, uh, Last, last question, the second part of that, who, which character would you like to have a beer with? I'm going to go, and we haven't talked about him much today, but I think just an underrated character, I'm going with Higgins. I think Higgins, <laughs> I think Leslie Higgins would well, when be. When they're in Amsterdam. Oh, him my and Will God. Was, where so is he funny. taking him? That, yeah. like, you know where you think he's going? They're going to Red Light District? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, they're and going to Red Light they District. Just, they just all look. They're going to play nah. jazz. They're going to play jazz. Like, I think he would just be such a cool guy to just sit down. We didn't, even mention, the, we didn't even mention stories. the Christmas episode when they all show up at his house. And that's what I mean. That when was they all show up at Rebecca's phenomenal. dad's funeral. Like, I mean, it just shows, like, yeah, definitely. But, no, you're right about you're better Higgins he's such is an awesome. underrated character and, and even his character I, I totally agree with that like we again another character that has no confidence and who he becomes by the end is great yeah and even one that Rebecca like after a while he's another one I'm like leave him alone yeah like come on yeah. he's all right I get it he he did some like terrible stuff that enabled your husband to do what he did but come on Cut the guy a break. He had to support his family. He had to keep his yeah. job. You know, yeah. like people sometimes get, they have no choice. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd like to have a beer with Higgins. Oh, I think that'd be fun. With... I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to take the, the three guys, the three fans that are always in the pub for games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would go, I'd go watch the game. I'd go watch a game at the pub with, with the old lady and everybody. Did they, did they ever give them, I know May's the bar. Did they ever May. give the three guys a name? Like, do we ever find they, out their They names? have names. I can't remember what their names are offhand. Um, Occasionally they would say well, something, think, but most of the time we didn't hear. Uh, them. Yeah, the one that's always like uh, that always kind of like Ted. I think his name's Paul because yeah. they have like the three names on there. Because it's funny because they everybody all the fans got their own like share of the club and they all have one just oh, together. That's right, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. one's Paul. One's a really weird name. Then one I think is relatively like normal name too. But yeah, those were, I um, love what they did with, them. and especially season three, they made those characters like really yeah. shine. But it's it's funny. It's funny because like. Um, there's a lot like like Paul, who's uh, like he's African or the African guy. That's like he's three. always upbeat, always yeah, positive. always upbeat. He's actually a um, he's like a big one of the like big Man United fan channel guys. Is he really? So he's like a big, just like a huge Man United fan. So it's and I've seen like videos of him like talking about United and stuff before. So it's kind of funny to see like he, like he does that and like uh, like Lloyd, who's always in like front and center and. In the press conferences, like he's another like guy that does like a lot of I think works for like Soccer AM or something or one of those ones over there. Right. Um, like when Roy walks in with like the tie dye shirt on, like, like one of the guys <laughs> there is Jimmy Conrad, who's like a it was a former U.S. Men's National Team player. Uh, like it's just like they have like a bunch of like small guys that like here and there that are like actual people that like are in and around the sport and they kind of get the going. And be actors and part of the show, which I I, right. I kind of appreciate. I, well, it's again that, and because everybody wants to be part of those kinds of things when you can. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to go with Sam. Okay, at his, at his restaurant, Sit, of course. Yeah, no, just at anywhere. Ola's. Just I just feel like that smile. You want to hang out with a guy that's got that smile. <laughs> like he just. God, you you know, I mean, you know, Daniel Rice would probably just be would probably creep me out in the conversation because he'd talk about weird stuff that, but from being back in Mexico. When maybe in Mexico with my friends, like I don't want to hang out with him. Although he's a joy, but I think yeah. Sam is the one that God, he just loves life. 
And yeah. um and um it's hard, you know, but he's got such a great relationship with his dad and his family and he just believes in the goodness of people and even when things happen to him he still has like the you know like the the people that support him in the, his worst hours um you know i just think hanging out with sam would be, i think he's just got to be such a guy to hang out with him you know such a ball it's just such a great op op you know op to make a look, look on life and just hanging out with him would be great i agree i think that'd be that'd be fun any of them would just it'd be it'd be awesome even just to be on set just to it it'd be really cool but we're going to wrap things up there um, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for coming on. This is—I feel like we could keep going on for like another seven, eight, nine I, hours. I like, could probably awesome. talk about Ted for Ted Lasso for like a week straight. <laughs> I was going to say we've—we've we've got to have another episode, whether we do it on uh, on Next to Ken or, or or Zach Squared. Or I, I feel like we can go on. I feel like we could almost have like another podcast, like a, yeah. just a separate podcast of this. But yeah, for um, sure, especially if they bring it back. They they're they're bringing it back. It's coming yeah. back as the ritual. Thank you for Let's having us. I mean, no problem. Thank well, you. Well, you thank asked you. me if I would be able to talk about Ted Lasso. And what did I say right away? Yeah, you like you shot back. But like, what did I say? I said Zach has to be here though, because oh, like, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. Like you know, you know, we have a bunch of things we do together as father and son, which is obviously like a big thing about Next of Ken is shit that we watch. And Zach doesn't care about half of the stuff that we talk about <laughs> on Next of Ken. He's like, I just don't give a shit about. It. It's like he gets mad that he wasn't guest on the show, but he would hate half the topic. So. But um, but we have our things we do together, and Ted Lasso is. It's been a joy watching Ted Lasso with your kid. Yeah, like if I it, do watch every episode before you get home and then yeah. we watch it. Well, we <laughs> joked about it. Like he said, I got to watch that last episode by myself before I watch it with you. No, and, I waited the last episode. I waited oh, you to did? watch it with you. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like you said. I know it was going to be too emotional for you. No, and like I, and, I said, I need to wait because I, I don't think I can watch it twice. If I and I, and I think that was kind of like how I feel about things like with him. So we're so we're so on the same page. But this show was like for us. I don't know. I like I enjoyed this as a great bonding you know like connection that we'll always we remember we watched that last i don't know it's just one of those goofy things that we get to oh, do absolutely. together as father and son so so definitely that's why i said oh he's got to be on because nobody cared about this show more than him you know well there's one that, like vicky and i my wife and i we watched it religiously together and it was the same thing and i kind of when when we got this episode together i'm like Vic, you can come on the podcast, right? And she just looked at me, no. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, this would be great. She's like, nope, that's your yeah. thing. Go Mom would never thing. be, is going to never be on a podcast, right? <laughs> never going to be on a podcast. But I figured if this was, if there was ever a way that she would come on, it would be this one. But she was, she gave yep. it a hard no. No, thanks. But thank you guys for coming on. Um, make sure everybody, as always, check out our, our uh, uh, let, me, let me try that again. Make sure you guys check out our Facebook page at Stories from the Sidelines, our Instagram. Um, if you want to be a guest on a future episode, make sure to send us a direct message. But as always, make sure you guys tune in next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines and Go Richmond.